Welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience, then relay to you, the listener, if this game is the criminal to crime of co-op or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. What's up? The uh, intro is going to be a little weird because I don't know if we're going to have like banter because there's like, a little banter in the middle. We sat here for like 15 minutes just sitting in silence, really. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out, chilling. As any good podcast, you need to sit in silence for approximately 15 minutes before you start recording. Yeah, just got to clear the air. It's kind of like a meditation state. That's what everyone does. Don't let anyone tell you they don't. So we are a... Oh, Nave, number one thing, before we even get to like news or anything like that... This is urgent. Yeah, you told me that there was a news update concerning the wasp on your mail route. Oh yeah, this is incredibly urgent. I actually am allergic to wasps. I went to the hospital for th- seven days. No. I, the lady went and she put like peppermint inside of the mailbox, apparently. She left me a whole bunch of notes. I don't know if Philip can see. Do, do you have the pictures I sent still? Oh, uh, yeah. Let me scroll back for a second. You might not be able to read them, but like she left a note in her mailbox and then she left an like, a envelope with cotton soaked yeah, in peppermint it. inside of the outgoing mail slot. She left you two notes. This old lady really likes you. Or she's felt really bad for me. I don't know. We're getting messed up by Wasp. Well, did I she was know very you pathetic. Stung? Yeah, she saw it. She was like, holy. Like, my hand swole up. Like, half of my hand swole. It looked like a yin-yang symbol, like my hand did. It was really oh, okay. strange. And I had to, and it was my right hand. So that's my male hand. Your male hand. hand, yeah. Yeah, that's my opening the boxes hand. So, like, all day, I was in a meditative zen state. I'm very tranquil today. I've said meditative twice now, but uh, I was in a Zen state whenever I was working that day because it was either going to be the worst day of my life or I had to just overcome somehow. <laughs> and so I, I don't know how. And then I went and I ate uh, Thai food to give to pat myself on the back for a job well done with my swollen hand. Excellent. If there is any more developments, please share them with us and the co-op partners with Wasp Chat. Wasp chat. I hope this isn't someone's first episode. I think that's like the third episode in a row that I've said that. Because that is just uh, that is the most non-sequitur of non-sequiturs we could have possibly done. I don't know. I really enjoy uh, getting a closer look of the life of a mailman. Did you uh, tell Jana about the teamfight tactics, the whole Xbox thing, the little legends or whatever? I did. She actually watched the whole um, Bethesda showcase with me, and she just said, where's Skyrim 2? Where is Skyrim 2, though? It's not in the next 12 months, apparently. Or like not in the next years, based on whatever their established timeline is. It's not in the next five, 12 months. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, everyone. We're going to get a vowed eventually, and Fable, maybe. But I was wrong about everything in my predictions episode with Eric from Game Positive. So, what in the fuck are we doing right now? All right, so, dear co-op listeners at home, this week we are going to be talking about Gears 4. We are a video game podcast. Before we get there, let's just take a step into what we've been playing this week. Kind of like a little update on our video game journal. Hey, what have you been playing? I was hoping you wouldn't pick me to go first. Um, well, I can well, step in if you need to look. I, I beat Fable. And I want to know if anyone... Because I didn't Google this or anything. I could easily Google this, but I would rather make this more difficult on myself. 
uh, I would like to know if anyone is aware if Fable Anniversary like added DLC or something to the end of this game. I already consulted Philip. He doesn't know. But this game ends differently than I remember oh, the original like, Fable ending. Oh, my God. So, Are you just going to Google it on the show? What? Yeah, as I type. No, like, okay, so back in the original Xbox, this is not the first time they've re-released Fable 1. Like, yeah. So they, they re- released re- the Lost Chapter. Yeah, whatever. Lost Chapters. I think that's it. You're just playing the Lost Chapters part. I don't see. I'm not sure if I ever played the Lost Chapters then, because I, I su- assumed I did. But because I beat the original Fable, like, 12 times like i just would play i i had like eight games as a kid so when i got tired of atv off-road fury and soul caliber 2 i had to fucking play something else so it's like and and morrowind was abusive to children <laughs> oh if fable 2 isn't rough around the edges or not fable 2 fable 1 well no that's the thing like fable you can understand like you have to know words to play it should be child abuse to buy morrowind oh, for a you have to know a how to read yeah, I told you the story where I was in PE class one day and I dropped the word fatigued and my PE teacher was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> like, I had to learn what fatigued, like, I, I would be like, why can't I swing my sword or run or anything? And I'm like, I have to look in a dictionary for the word fatigue. Isn't that just a fun mechanic, though? What, learning? No, well, <laughs> Actually I mean, learning? That- like that's a meta a meta game play move. Like you're not smart enough to play my game. Which that's how I yeah. almost felt playing like, you know, red version whenever I was seven years old. Playing that, I'm like, man, there's a lot of reading in this, but you can mash A and make it through ninety nine percent of Pokemon. Dude, I just saw on Twitter this is so weird. Alright, so I just saw on Twitter randomly. You remember that video I sent you of the Pokemon Nuzlocker reacting to Jaden Animations making a Nuzlocke yeah. video? Okay, so that guy tweeted, and I don't follow him or anything. This just appeared out of the ether. It was like you, it was like Pokemon topic or whatever, and it was like, uh, it was like I spotted somebody playing a a classic Game Boy out in out in the wild, uh, you know, uh, whatever month it is, yeah. or whatever year it is. I don't fucking know. It's 2022 in June. It's like we're on the beach. There's a guy playing Pokemon, and the guy retweeted it and said that guy can't see a goddamn thing on that screen but i could tell he was playing pokemon (laughs) like i could see the screen (laughs) if i zoomed in and in fact he was either fighting a muck or a drowsy and i couldn't tell what his pokemon was but and then if you look you could barely see a red sliver on the top of the game boy and i'm like that's pokemon red (laughs) so it's like it's so weird that you brought that up i mean they hold up because i went in investigation mode the art is really bad on the the red version, red and blue specifically. I feel like the Pokemon just look like pixelated blobs, ninety percent of the time. They cleaned them up in yellow. Anyway, that's the I, version I played first. What what brought that on? What we were talking about? Don't remember exactly. Oh, you you finished Fable. So Fable, you cleared it out of your backlog. Good for you. Oh, yeah, Fable is great. The the exploit is still there. It's close to the end of the game, so I guess they were just like, ah, fuck it. Who cares if it's at the end of the game? But uh, there's this part right before you fight a character that betrays you, I guess. I don't know if I want to spoil this old-ass game. But, um, well, it's on Game Pass, so this character betrays you. And uh, right before you go in to fight him, you can take a detour to the right. And there is a well with a ghost that just infinitely respawns and dies in like two hits. And you can just sit there for like an hour and a half hitting that ghost and get infinite experience and like renown. Because it gives you good points and it gives you renown. 
every time you kill this ghost and it gives you experience for whatever you're using but it also gives you general experience so it doesn't matter what you're using so it's like you could sit there for like an hour and a half listen to a fucking you know a fucking a gaming together podcast yes yeah you can listen to our podcast and just get infinite experience renown and the good boy points as well and that's what i sat there and did and i thought i was going to get all the achievements in this game sans the one that's unobtainable but the achievements for getting all of the books all of the dolls all of the keys like all of the fucking hard shit like all those hard achievements they're like five gamer score each or something and so i was like fuck this I could spend three dollars and get five thousand gamer score right now in the store. Like there's so many junk, bunky ass games. It's like I don't know. Right. When I saw we that, made... I, it lit a fire under my ass. I was like, really? The hardest achievements are the least amount of gamer score. We make fun of old uh, PlayStation a lot, but having just the platinum as just like instead of having points, they just have you did it or you didn't do it. I feel like there is value in that having a full completed games. Like, would it be better if Xbox just had, like, a, um, I don't know, like, an ultimate achievable for each game? Like, hey, you got all the achievements? Here's the achievement for getting all the achievements. Well, what I appreciate the most, like, I don't like the trophy system too much. I think the levels are interesting. But what I like the most is that they separate the DLC and the uh, uh, title update achievements, or trophies, I mean, apart from the original 1000. Because usually the Platinum Trophy requires you to get the original base uh, trophies in order to get that platinum and then everything else that gets added onto you gets its own little separate folder it's like title update 1.5 and then you know the horde mode update and shit like that and i think that's pretty cool um i don't even i don't know i'm not sure if they can add platinums to their like dlcs and updates and stuff i don't think they can do that because each trophy has a has a set value so it's a, essentially Every single trophy is worth 15 gamer score, 35 gamer score, 50 gamer score, or 100 gamer score, right? Like, that's essentially it. And they, cannot, they can't change that. And there's uh, so much value. So you can't just have 50 trophies of golds you, and then one bronze and then one silver, right? You can only – like, you have so much points to have that you can maneuver. And in a way, you would think that that, like, balances the games because – I don't think it does. I, I'm not. I'm not entrenched in the PlayStation ecosystem, but I hear Colin Moriarty from Sacred Symbols bitching about it all the time, and it's like it's even worse over here on the Xbox ecosystem because there's like, they're they're like waiting for three months and then sending another thousand gamer score patch where you just have to walk three steps to the right and then you get a thousand more gamer score. It's nowhere near as bad as it is on Steam because there are because Steam, the Steam is just like you have this many achievements. And it, there's no, like, oh. barometer. So it's like you could buy a game for, like, 99 cents that gives you, like, 50,000 achievements. And it, you just sit there letting the achievements pop, and they just are constantly popping. It's ridiculous. but Which I do enjoy the achievement list as a, a checklist for, like, challenges or, like, points. I feel like they did really good with this in Halo because there's, like, achievements for beating the game on easy, medium, legendary, and hard or whatever. Those are the actual difficult, die legendary, and easy. Wait, is it normal? Yeah, that's normal. What? Halo. Are we about Halo. Easy, yeah, normal, it's easy, normal. Legend. It's it's normal. I don't think it's medium. We're thinking of Rock Band now. Okay. Yeah, but it was like, hey, beat the game on all these difficulties, and then they got like the weird ones, which like finish when they came out with like the DLC. This is where they really added them, which is like finish Halo on the Ghost or whatever. Yeah, that's pretty cool with four players with the Iron Skull on. Like, I love those 
hyper specific challenges where it's not something it's like an event doing it i think they're called vidmaster achievements and on the original halo 3 they were all zero gamer score so i didn't give a fuck about them <laughs> i was like if i'm not doing that are you kidding me i'm not getting rewarded for it eat my ass <laughs> oh, all right what other games have you played behind besides fable oh that's what i was doing on true achievements well hold on a second I was going to go look at my games. I was like just flipping through the news. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. I mean, do we talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No. Well, I mean, that's one we both played because we're probably going to do that for next week's episode. We played it with, like, who all did we play with? Uh, Eric from Game Positive showed up, but mostly we played it with Chris from 1H, 1H1D. Yeah, and Turtle Time is a good time. The pizza time. The pizza Why do you saying Turtle Time? It's is that Turtle Time. Is that what they say? <laughs> They said pizza time a million times in that game. And you're like, oh. that's a different game. And I'm like, I'm, they're saying that. They're saying it. What is... <laughs> oh, my God. Turns out this uh, turtle time means something inappropriate. <laughs> what? What does it mean? Cut this part out. Just tell me what it means. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not even that inappropriate. Apparently, turtle time, when you're having sex with your partner... And you're having such a good time that you get exhausted and you start going a little bit slower. Oh, That's turtle, turtle speed. Yeah, it's like the lawnmower that has the, the rabbit. And rabbit the... and the turtle. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, we found it. We uh, I've today. also, I played some uh, Trek to Yomi. Have you played any of this? I'm sure it's on your list. It just released on no, Game Pass. It, that's that uh, 3D platformer, right? With the little cat. No, that's uh, Trek to Yomi is a 2D game, kind of. Uh, it's a samurai game. It's like in black and white and all in Japanese and stuff. Pretty cool. I think it's short. You should probably get on it because it's on Game Pass. I'll have to then. But it's pretty neat. Uh, it's Screenshot City. Like, there are so many set pieces where you're just like, ah, oh, this looks good. Like, you're standing over your village getting destroyed and you're just like, Japan is beautiful. I wish I lived here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know. Track to Yomi's pretty good. And I don't think, I mean, I played a little Control. Um, I don't know what I've talked about since. Like, cause I, I talked about beating Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And beating Tales of Arise. I don't, I, my sense of yep, time is so it. out of whack. Yeah, you talked about know. those. Okay, well, yeah. So I played a little bit more Control. Um, turns out I wasn't as far back as I thought I was. Also, I was super lost. There's something really adorable about Control, where it is like this super corporate like environment that you're in. So much so that it's like you're in a hospital, where you know how the hospitals have like all the signs pointing everywhere you're going. So oh, yeah. you have your mission, and your mission is like go fight the 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 creature in the electric area and you're like i don't know what the fuck that is and you open the map and it's so convoluted and confusing but then like there's a sign that just says it's electric. that way yeah, yeah and you're just like oh thank god <laughs> that guy fucking saved my <laughs> life whoever put that sign there this high-res sign on the wall that's like 40 feet wide a good thing i saw it yeah but it literally is like because it'll show you like all of the areas it's like this way to the power station this way to the recharge station this way to the it's like god Signs are great. I don't know. Like signs yeah. are good when you don't have waypoints and a, and a line. I've been following the line in Fable Two, and I've just gotten used to that kind of shit. And now I'm in control, like confused and lost. Even though that game isn't really that big. Dude, talk about uh, like holding your hand with a line or whatever. Uh, for my game that I've been playing this week, old Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch. That game, though, it looks like a kitty game. It kind of plays like it. It's oddly brutal in some points. Specifically, game. That, we talk about games having a, a skill gap of you having to read. 
you have to read in Fable, or not Fable, in Nino Kuni, <laughs> Wrath of the White Witch, because they give you, like, have you played Tunic yet? No, not yet. All right, I well, forgot already, about Tunic. <laughs> in Tunic, they give you a instruction manual of how to play the game instead of, like, a tutorial or whatever. And so you literally have to read the instruction manual. In this game, in Nino Kuni, they also give you a wizard's book, which has short oh, yeah. stories. It has like a Pokédex in it. It has all this stuff. And the wizard's book is huge in this game. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is like a 300-page PDF file. And you literally like, I think three separate times now, you'll get to a point in the game where it will be like, all right, rada, 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 rada. I need your input. You have to say the correct thing. What is this and then it'll pop up a text box and you physically have to type in the answer this isn't something you can just like brute force like and you have to spell it right too and i'm like oh my god i have to use this on-screen keyboard and so i'm like you flip through the book you read it and i'm like okay uh literally the magic spell is open sesame and so i go back in there and then in the time it takes me to go through all the like the text and get back there i'm like all right time to type it in i'm like okay it's open and i'm like was it open open says me and so like i'll miss the a in the middle of sesame and so it's open space s-a-y-s dash me but like no it's actually word play yeah not like it's sesame like, it says uh me you know you get it uh, i wonder what that see like i love shit like that because I, it's like that's definitely the localization and it's like i wonder what is written japanese there version. in japanese yeah i don't know but it sucks because I would spell it wrong or I'd not really spell it wrong because I would basically put it, but I would, I would improperly write it as far as the game wants it. And so then I have to go back into the book, find that page, read down to that paragraph, look at it and say, okay, this is exactly what I need to type in. Go back and do it again. Or what really got me is at one point they said, Hey, I need you to tell me which, which of the, what character was the biggest. And it named like six characters or like it, there was like six characters in the story. They didn't name them. And I'm like, crap, I have to read this story, <laughs> find their names. And it's like the dragon of the West was the answer. So you have to type out dragon of the West to accept it. And I'm like, God, the nightmare spelling sucks. And just typing sucks. What are you playing on the switch? Or on yeah, Steam? playing on the switch, but you can't use touch controls on it. It's like only control controls. That's Exactly what my next question was going to be. Have you played Valhalla? Uh, I talked no. about this a long time ago. The uh, Valhalla Cyberpunk bartender action or something. Oh yeah, um, I remember that one. Yeah. Well, on the apparently the Switch is like the premium way to play it because like the in the game you like mix drinks for your customers and they like ask for stuff. I mean, I don't know what happens if you fuck up. I think the story just continues. But when you're mixing the drinks, you can like you, there are hotkeys for everything. So you eventually just like get to the point where you just fucking pressing a bunch of combinations of buttons just mixing the drink but in the switch version you can like use the joy cons to like mix everything yeah. and apparently you can like feel really it like you can really like the, like, the joy cons do the haptic thing yeah like yeah. you remember way back when the switch got revealed and they did the ice thing and i was like that's bullshit but now i'm looking <laughs> at the playstation dual switch controller like oh it looks pretty fucking cool over there <laughs> like i kind of wished my controller did something a little different but I like my paddles. Which, by the way, do you see that the, it's like rumored that PlayStation's going to get a Pro controller Good for with them. paddles and shit? Yeah, I, I hope they get a nice one. I hope yeah, all me too. Con I want controller technology to go to the moon. I want to feel like I'm holding, I don't know, like the perfect controller. 
you know what I would like is if PlayStation made a uh, offset stick configuration, or if like uh, or if like Xbox did the you know symmetrical sticks too. Like I wouldn't ever fucking fuck with it, but I would if they did it, the offset stick like the on the option. PlayStation, I would love to fucking be able to do that. All right, so back to games I've been playing. Uh, moving around to my backlog buster, Nave. I've completed three games this week. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, Kirby's Dreamland. I played through that, and you watched me, and that game is really good. It looked fun. I watched it. Yeah. We're yeah. trying to pl- we're trying to get on a show for that. Oh shit! You might want to cut this out. But uh, he was telling me that. Remember when I were I told him told you that I pulled a nave and I didn't reply to didn't him for like him back. multiple yeah. days. Yeah. Well, Sucks, dude. This is this is what it's like dealing with me. But um, he he was like, hey, how does the how do these two days sound? And guess what? Both of those days are bad days. Are yeah. are when you're not gonna be in town. So I was just like, fuck. All right, well, I'm going to try and explain this to him and also apologize for not replying to him because I'm never, I never look at Twitter expecting to have a DM, right? Like, I'm so used yeah, to everyone mass communicating in Discord at this point that, like, it's to the point where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to make a group chat, put all these people in it, throw Philip in there, and just back away. And just be like, all right, hopefully Philip fucking can figure this shit out because I'm getting overwhelmed with, like, I'm not even like that overwhelmed. It's just I get confused easily and I get angry fast. So like I don't I don't like to have too many things going on that I don't understand. It doesn't help that in our little hug circle we have like 40 group chats at this point that we're both a part of. I leave the ones that are like go longer than a few weeks. All right. I always think about just kicking because I always start it. So I think I'm the the leader of each one. So I'm pretty much like I'm thinking about just kicking everyone out. But I'm like I'm so pat. I'm so like. I was going to say passive aggressive, but I'm so I'm such a little bitch that I'm like, I don't want them to feel bad that I kicked them out of the group chat. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings ever. So, well, speaking of not hurting people's feelings, Dave, do you like Pac-Man? Uh, not really. Same, because the Pac-Man Museum Plus game is on Game Pass. And the other day I sat down and played through the whole thing for like an hour and a half on my phone on the cloud because it has touch controls. And I'm like, oh, this game, I'll give it a shot. I had a lot of good times with Pac-Man CE back when me and you played it. But, Nave, it turns out I don't like Pac-Man. I don't know <laughs> what people like about Pac-Man. Well, this is the thing. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's that you don't like Pac-Man. I think it's that Pac-Man had a lot of shitty fucking games, like a lot of them. You know, like the same way that a lot of people feel about Sonic. <laughs> that could be it. They pulled a Sonic on Pac-Man, or Pac-Man. But Pac-Man's pulled a- like like twice as old as Sonic, right? Yeah, but. I played like so in that in this game you have to play and play games of each game of Pac-Man to unlock the next generation. So you start with Pac-Man 1 and basically work your way up until you're playing Pac-Man 256 and Championship Edition. And there is some interesting Pac-Mans out there. Like there was Pack and Roll, which was a monkey ball version of Pac-Man, which I never played and that one was actually probably one of the better Pac-Mans even though that was also Cancer because of how bad the <laughs> controls were. But then there's there's another one. Pac-World? Pac-Man World, maybe? Pac-World. The one where it is a 2D side-scroller platforming game. That, like, do you remember Pac- on Smash Bros? Pac-World is a 3D action platformer. I don't think that's in that collection, though. Oh, let me look. Those were like on the GameCube. Pac-World. While he's looking that oh, up, uh, Wizard and the Bruiser had a really awesome episode on Pac-Man. They do a deep dive on all that shit, and it's pretty fucking awesome, learning how pac-man was created and miss pac-man and the whole you know they traded the 
they they uh gave the rights to of miss pac-man to these guys in college that just knew how to mod boards or something i can't i don't know i'm gonna fuck it all up but it's a really cool story and those are funny boys okay let's see what i got here old not actually sure oh no it's pack land that's it i was playing pack Pac land. land we were so close with all of the mario naming schemes that we missed but that game was interesting mostly because of how ugly and atrocious it was so i had to retire i wouldn't say i finished it because i, I played every game in the list but odds are I didn't make it past a couple of screens in most of them before I would die and be like, I'm not, I'm not going to hit continue. And then I would just like, did you not like Pac-Man 256? Cause I think 256 is actually really fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're, it's fun it's in good. that, like, uh, that like clicker hero kind of way for me seeing that number just exponentially keep going and going and going and get bigger, bigger, bigger. I like, I, that I love it. So I, I'm not that I love that game. I'll play it for like an hour and I'm like, okay, I'm done with this for another year, but it's no yeah. Tetris effect. Yeah. I'm not going to play more Pac-Man museum plus, and I'm going to pretend that game doesn't exist anymore, but a that game, game that... was weird on Xbox because it was like, it released for like three days and didn't have achievements. So that was super weird. So I just like put it in the bin until I, I checked until again and it. Had achievements again. Yeah. I'm not, I'm fucking so bad. I'm so bad. I need achievements. Uh, fuck my fuck the Nintendo Switch. That's why I never played it. I bought Catherine Full Body. One of my favorite games is Catherine Full Body. Adds a whole other character, and I didn't play it because I <laughs> wasn't getting achievements for it. I was like, oh, oh, uh, crossing my fingers for an Xbox port. Which it looks. Speaking of Xbox ports, were you about to say something? No, I keep going. Okay, speaking of Xbox ports, it looks like we're not getting Final Fantasy remake. Really? Yeah, this because the Final Fantasy remake 2 final fantasy re jesus whatever the fuck edition it's called um it did not have any like indication that it was going to other systems unlike the first game and that would be very weird if only the first game came to xbox and this one didn't also it's been like three years yeah well i mean i'll, I'll probably just play it on pc eventually whenever it goes on sale on steam even though i've seen apparently the steam version has some weird resolution problems compared to the epic store version which, why did they not just have the same version? I don't, fucking, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I've got the original on the PS4. My PS4 sounds like a fucking spaceship is launching in the middle of my living room when I turn it on. So I try not to play it too much. But I think, like, I've said this multiple times, and I think maybe when you go on when you go on your vacation, which I, is that the first time we brought this up? But uh, when you go on your vacation, I think I'll have some time alone. So I'll play some PlayStation games. Might get, Might finish God of War. Maybe start Ghost of Tsushima. I gotta finish. I think I gotta finish Final Fantasy Remake just to get it out of my head. But um, it's really strange because it's like Sony really locked down the original, or not the original, but the mainline Final Fantasy games. But all the spinoffs are like, off, who gives a shit? Give it to Xbox. So we did get the Stranger in Paradise, and then we're also getting uh, a Crisis Core remake, or not remake. I think it's like a like a HD thing. I don't know. I didn't watch the. I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, but. I don't know either. Crisis Core uh, is the one with Zach Philip. <laughs> you know Zach, the famous Final Fantasy VII character that's in Final Fantasy VII for like for a thirty cutscene? seconds. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, anyway, so uh, still talking about uh, Japanese companies, old Sega. I finished Vanquish, which was really good. I want to play Vanquish too, just because you keep bringing it up. It it was really good. It's actually really funny as as a um I don't even know how to describe it uh a satire, satire? game yeah yeah because the game is very satirical the whole premise is 
that we are in the future where we have spaceships, but everyone is still on Earth. And someone builds a Death Star laser and uses it to destroy San Francisco. So the president of the United States sends all the... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> sends... what does he say about it? Doesn't he? Is that a meme that I just... That I'm that I'm now attributing to the actual game, but I think there's something about they destroyed San Francisco and it's like they had it coming or something like that. What is it, <laughs> dude? I'm gonna just hold up, keep talking. I'm gonna Google this fucking meme. Well, no, at one point I I think they say like so uh, San Francisco was destroyed, and then uh, like I think the president says like sacrifices need to be made along those lines. Something like they were civilians. No, so no, I found it. Hold on, I want you to. We're gonna reenact this, Philip. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the the main character since you beat it? Uh, <laughs> See it. The main character. This All right. Is go a, for it. Um, he's not a soldier. Just for the setting at home, this guy is a scientist who is, I think he's a scientist or something. But he has been chosen to drive a Iron Man suit for a research and like development thing, and he's supposed to go out and basically help the soldiers with this new technology. And so he meets up with. Uh, the main evil, not evil, the main general for the United States. Attorney general? No, I don't, he might be. I don't he's know. Like, he's like the general under the president. And this the, the general, he is super cutthroat. But at one point, the main character looks over at him too. And this whole war is supposed to be in favor of the United States. Because even though San Francisco gets destroyed, America is going to have an economic boom now that they are going to nuke Russia and take over everything. America's cough, the bad cough, Iraq. Yeah. The main character finally goes up now that he knows all this is happening. And he approaches the evil general and he's like, San Francisco is gone now. And the general goes, that was for the good of all Americans. Is that how imagined he sounds? Yeah, that's exactly. He sounds like that's the voice actor of old Spike Spiegel from uh, Cowboy Bebop plays the evil general. Which I feel like we've been bringing him up a lot lately. Yeah. I mean, the game is really good. It's very funny. Uh, it's just interesting because it's weirdly political and at the same time it's very ridiculous. It's like Dead Rising. The game is very political, but it, you can also put on a a Mega Man mask as you drive a lawnmower over forty zombies. Dude, the the Japanese. What was I just about to say? The Germans. The Japanese are really good at that. Uh, you know, Yakuza is the exact same way where it's unbelievably. It's not really political, but it's unbelievably dramatic. But it's also like one of the funniest, most lighthearted games I've ever played. I keep seeing memes about it, too, where it's like Yakuza. It's like the whole game. I don't know which Yakuza they're referring to, maybe like five or something like that. It was like, dude, I got to get a job. And that's just like the main story. Which character? <laughs> because uh, five not, is four somebody... characters. Okay. That's the sure. problem. All right. Uh, Vanquish good, though. I recommend it. it. It was packaged with Bayonetta, which I wanted to play Bayonetta. So I got that from the library. And I'm like, hey, what's this third-person shooter? Turns out, good game. Play Vanquish, please, everyone. Please play Metal Gear Revengeance, everyone. Asura's Wrath, please. These are all backwards compatible on Xbox. Please play them. These right all now. Sega titles. Run. Uh, Asura's Wrath is Capcom. Okay. And uh, the other one's Konami. So no, you swing and a miss, Philip. <laughs> Metal Gear is uh, Konami. I mix up Capcom and Sega all the time. No, I'm, they're kind of, they're all in the same area of time, aren't they? I think so. I fucking don't know. <laughs> now I'm, trying I'm to high like on Capcom, Monster Energy Is drink. that Fighter? Yeah, Capcom or... Street Fighter. Konami, okay. as a fighting game, I'm sure. 
<laughs> and <laughs> what was the other company? Like, dude, I have dementia. I don't even. Meanwhile, know I look at Soul about. Calibur and I'm like, who makes Soul Calibur? Sega Not makes sure. Virtua Fighter. And okay. what does Konami make? Koei Tecmo has all the cool Japanese like 2D games. They're the ones that publish like Blaze Blue, I think, and uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. It doesn't. This doesn't matter. Capcom has yep. Yu-Gi-Oh. That's their fighting game. All right. Uh, well, that's all my backlog. At this point, whenever I like crunch the numbers, I have 304 titles to go on my backlog. You fool! You'll oh, yeah. never be How done. How high do you think your number is? Oh, and at least 800. It's oh, terrible. I'm not counting I'm games up. on Game Pass. Oh, uh, that probably knocks it down to like 700 for me. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. I, I don't know. It's terrible. I own like 1,400 games on Xbox. So it's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. I just buy them and never play them. Like, I, I buy them, I download them, just so that they sit there for about a month until I buy more games, and I have to... Del it's like, okay, bye-bye now, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. I don't, that game is like one gig, but <laughs> I need that gig. <laughs> so I could download ESO's update. All right. Uh, Nate, what did you buy this week, then? Did, it, did you buy anything? Oh, fuck, dude. I bought a bunch of games. What the hell? Dude, I'm slacking. I don't think there's a way I can get not knock Zencaster out and then look... I bought right, some games, uh, everybody. I think we talked about it last week, but Risk of Rain. Was that last week? I don't know. This all blends together. It's so bad, isn't it? Like, what yeah. happened? <laughs> We've been in a tizzy. Philip's going on Philip's going on vacation, so we had to play a lot of games. Remember how, like, three weeks ago we were, like, talking about how all this extra free time we had because we were so far ahead and we did nothing with all that time? <laughs> we just We just rested and recouped, and now we're right back into not knowing what fucking month it is anymore. But I never know what month it is. Alright, news and updates. Dave, I learned from the newest donkey video that they're making Alan Wake 2. Yeah, and I don't think they've shown any gameplay. But Remedy's I, cool. Yeah, and uh, it cracks me up because in his video he was like, hey, uh, with the thing, are they making Alan Wake 2? He's like, only two people will play Alan Wake, and it's me and another person. If someone says they played Alan Wake, they're lying. But I really liked Alan Wake. I liked Alan Wake as well. I played it again way back in the day when Steam introduced the cards that you can oh, unlock yeah. for just sitting on games. Alan Wake was one of the first games that I started playing just to accumulate cards. You know, it's one of those games that you get on like Humble Bundle <laughs> with like 27 other games for $1. Um, yeah, and uh, it played pretty okay on PC, but it's a really interesting game because you have to like use your flashlight to like knock the darkness off of the characters in order to kill them. But it was... I kind of wish you could just run past enemies, like in like Halo style, because I don't I didn't like doing. I was like, this is cool for like two chapters, and then I was like, I don't know, oh, this is the whole game, huh? Yeah, combat's kind of clunky and annoying. <clears throat> it's no Max Payne or Serious Sam or Duke Nukem or what's another game with the na just the name? Cool action guy name. Halo is one. Anyways, let's go on to Patreon. So. Thank you, our current patrons, Old Pinecone and Mike, Michael Superbacker, and everyone else that won't, doesn't uh, doesn't feel like donating to our cause on our Patreon. How about you go check out Pinecone's new podcast he's putting out, the Intergalactic Pinecast? Hell yeah! All right, Nave, Twitter time. Uh, we got tweets from, which we'll be reading later, from the Friday Night Gamecast and from Fruy from the Between Two Gamers podcast. Did I just Perfect. did I say a real sentence just then? I yeah, got lost right. halfway through. Yo, I'm going. I'm I'm going nuts. Let's get. The All right, break. Let's take a break then. Music plays. Need a break. I'm so tired.
from work. Can you see the sweat? Just, like my hair, like is permanently slicked back because I'm always sweating profusely all day at work. Like I look like a different person. Look at me. Yeah, you look like a different person. That Tom Cruise. I feel really weird. I feel like I'm in Red Dead Redemption because every day I come home from work or not from home. I mean, I do come home from work, but I get back to the office and I go into the bathroom. It's nice because at the end of the day, the janitors bleach everything. So it smells like bleach in there. It's like a pool. And I go in there and I just start splashing my face with water. I slick my hair back because it's like so fucking sweaty and gross. It's all in my hair. Oh, I'm all my face. My hair is in my hair. And then I look at myself in the mirror and I, I feel like fucking uh, Arthur Morgan. I legitimately feel like I'm in Red Dead. I have like dirt in my beard, dirt in my hair. Like my job takes me out into the fucking wilderness. I'm driving on dirt roads. <laughs> like it's legitimate. Like it's crazy because it's super sweaty. How many times have I brought this up? Because I feel like I probably – I tell this to everyone I fucking see when they're like, wow, your job must be hard. It's 101 degrees outside. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what the hardest part is? When you get sweat in your eyes, but you can't wipe it off because you have dirt caked all over your T-shirt. And also your arms are covered in mud because whenever the dirt hits your arm, it immediately coagulates with all of your sweat and then blocks up your sweat glands so you're super itchy. But, like, it's like this is – I've never considered this shit. Like, almost all of my routes have always just been in somewhere in the city. And now that I'm out in the wilderness, it's like – my last route was out in the wilderness, but it was on pavement. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like 33% pavement out there where I'm at. So I have to like roll my window up, shut my door, and just hope my little fucking sardine can only lets in 15% of the dust that I'm kicking up. It's insanity. Yeah, when you're talking about being in the bathroom, that just made me think of the uh, Silent Hill 2 when he's in the bathroom. Silent Hill 2 intro. Yeah. Or like the what is it the a prey the prey trailer where the guys in the bathroom you see him pull out his red eye from his freaking enhancements. Everyone play prey. I didn't play any prey this week. We've been slacking. And we're back. And we're back. Gears four, a famous title because it is the fourth Gears game. This one was actually developed by the Coalition instead of who made it before Epic. Epic, I think. Yeah. I think it was just Epic. epic. Just Epic. And, of course, published by Microsoft. This was the first one of the, the new creators, just like they did with Halo 4, whenever it went over to 343. Yeah. And this, Gears 4, was released in October 2016, so eight years ago about. And here's the description from Xbox.com. New saga begins after narrow escape... Oops. After narrowly escaping an attack on their village, J.D. Phoenix and his friends, Kate and Dell, must rescue the ones they love and discover the source of a monstrous new enemy. It's a good, good little tagline, you know? That's all they do. We had another write-in. Sorry, I was reading it. <laughs> what did you say, Phil? Oh, I'm I mean, sure everyone perfect. else heard you. Let's uh, hit our write-ins then. What do people have to say about Gears 4? Well, uh, I'll, since I'm right here looking at it, I don't even need to copy-paste it. Um... Morgan from the Intergalactic Pinecone writes Whoa, in what and are says, the odds? he says, my tomatoes. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty Especially good. Then. Also, he said, how do you feel about Marcus being way more interesting than literally every single character they added in four? Are you as disinterested in the new story of this trilogy as I am? Philip, you want to talk about Marcus? I think someone else mentioned Marcus. So we might be able to hold on. We might be able to bow tie this up. 
Yeah, the next uh, one, Friday Night Gamers. Uh, Friday Night Gamecast wrote in and said, is old sad Marcus Phoenix the best Marcus or the worst? I have so much trouble reconciling the reboot that 4 and 5 turned into. Is that how you pronounce that, reconciling? Because I don't think I've ever actually said that word out loud. I think so. Anyways, I'm very, I'm I mean, very smart. I just wanted everyone to know. Take a moment and just let that bask in that, in that glory of how brilliant I am. What do you think, okay, Philip? Marcus Phoenix. This leads right into a meat point that I was going to bring up later. So just get right into it. Yeah, I, I refer to this like as another AAA game where we need to pass the mantle on to the kids. So, Dave, in this, much like Wolfenstein Youngblood a famed reference for our series. In this, we take our main characters and we hold them back and we say, hey, what about the kids? Where we hang out with Marcus's kid and maybe the kid of the evil queen from Gears of War 2 or the granddaughter? Spoiler alert, right at the top. <laughs> That's the Hello. literal last thing you see in the game. <laughs> Which, is that yeah, it, it never comes up until that point. It's, like, I didn't know it. I never. There, there was no red herrings up to that point. Uh, or not red herrings, but like bits of evidence. At the very least. beginning of the game, you see her mom jingling with that with that medallion right at the beginning. But it looks oh, really? like Celtic. I remember specifically remarking just to tip you off. I guess I don't know. I like doing that when I know what's happening. But um, uh, I I think it was either she gave it to her mom or her mom had it and she was like looking at it. But the top of it looks like just a bunch of Celtic knots, and it's like it means nothing. Like it really it doesn't really mean anything. I guess. But the backside looks like the horde symbol. Like it looks like the symbol from the horde, like when you're playing multiplayer in Gears of War one, two, and three. So yeah. it's like the really cool. Crossed. Yeah. So like, w like you see that Celtic knot, and you're like, oh, it's her mom's thing, and then she flips it over and looks at the back, and it's really, it was really a cool reveal. Like as much as I don't, as much as I didn't remember from this story, and I still kind of don't remember from this story, I. I, that stuck with me the ending of this game that was what i wanted you to react to which uh you didn't really react to so <laughs> okay so well all right we'll get right into this this crossfit so i don't remember much from gears one through three except i remember having a good time growing up with those games as far as like lore and story like we talked about it when we were playing the game and i'm like where how is grubs born where do they come from? Like, where did these aliens? And I, how is Grubs born? Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. But where do these little little monster babies come from? Because in this, the whole premise is at the end of three, you send out a. Let me see exactly what it was called because I had to look up the name of the pulse. Where to go? Oh, the uh, the 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 hard light. No, it's something like that. Something light. Yeah, God. okay, whatever the light was. Ah. They send out the light, and it just goes through, and all the bad guys just die. They turn to stone. They're just dead. And we're like, we did it, boys. We saved the world. Everyone high fives and retires. And we skip to the fourth game, where everybody is back, and it's 20 years later, and all the guys that turned to stone, they just took all the bodies, and they threw them in the center of the earth, and they're like, not our problem anymore. Turns out they weren't dead, Nate. As people do. That yeah. sounds exactly right. They start coming back to life or transforming or mutating, whatever, into the new enemies. And we got to deal with the, this problem now. I don't know where I was going with this, but... I think you were just trying to get the set dressing because Marcus okay, is old. Set dressing. Yeah, Marcus is old. 
So at the end, we oh, get you were reveal. talking about the cross specifically, but I okay. Let's talk about Marcus. <laughs> but I'm sure yeah. it'll come back up. We are. I'm already spiraling out. So I definitely like old Marcus. He is the best part of the, this game, honestly. I do enjoy the the side story because I feel like JD doesn't matter. He's pretty blank, but the story with like just Marcus' story is the best part of that half. The other half is the story of Kate, her mom, and I assume her grandmother, who's queen of the grubs in the first, you know, two, three games, whatever. Queen Mira was a human, if I remember correctly, or at least she was human shaped. Okay, yeah, I can actually explain this because I did research to, into Gears so I could explain this on the pod. But it looks like I did not put my notes in. Oh, wait, no. Great. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. So where do locusts come from? So I can actually explain where the locusts come from. On. But yeah, uh, old Marcus is good. I like old Marcus too. He kind of like it's very strange because whenever new people come in and start like messing with the old guard, it's it makes it reminds me of Halo Four, where like effectively Master Chief experiences like ten seconds in between Halo Three and Halo Four, but he's a completely different human being coming out of that like a isolation tank or whatever the fuck he's in. What are those called? But like, um. It, the in the way that hey, that Master Chief was definitely a different character, I like noticeably. I don't exactly know what has changed too much between these Gears games because I was like Marcus kind of makes these like quips and I don't know what to think about them. Like he's being he's being sarcastic and stuff like that. But then I think back and he's kind of always been like that, sarcastic and uh, goofy. Oh, shit. Well, the Phillips power went out in the middle, and I certainly hope that he uh, edits all of that out because I wasn't doing a very good job speaking. But we're going to have to make a new Zencaster. Fucking pain. Test, test, you hear me? Hello? Why are you being, like, delayed? Is, do I look delayed right now? Yes. <laughs> you, you go... Do I look delayed right now? <laughs> and I'm like, what the? You see my ventriloquism just? Oh, I mean, then? can you hear me? I had to use my mustache. You can to... hear me? It's okay. That's <laughs> how ventriloquism. Do I look delayed? <laughs> the mustache of oh the way. God. All right, so dear co-op listeners, turns out uh, lightning can take down the power if it hits the right place, and we haven't had rain in what feels like a month and we just hear an explosion outside as lightning hits very close power goes out and i just see nave disappear into the blackness of don't space. let him lie to you he the military's already gotten to him a ufo just crashed outside of his house that the hazmat people are there it looks like among us is happening outside there's a quarantine zone i know no one wants to hear that word yeah i mean it happens sometimes i just uh watched video game donkey's video so that was pretty nice little nice refresher yeah, I mean, on a yeah it lets you it just dunks on Summer Game Fest. Which looked bad. I'm glad I slept through it. Hey, man. Donkey's not always right. It had Alan Wake 2. Did it? I don't remember. Alan Wake 2 was revealed already. Oh. Oh, this is the first I've heard about it. There's like a legitimate like three second delay between what I see you say and then you saying it. So I'm going to just stop looking at you. Because <laughs> it is like it, right, it looks fine. like it looks like a really bad Japanese dub. Like or in like a, a really bad dub in like a Japanese movie, you know? Like, a, what am I trying to? Or there, there's like Chinese movies. What are the Jackie Chan movies, you know? Where Jackie Chan speaks English, but everyone else is speaking not English. Why don't English? you just say like the synchronicity? 
like it's a bad sync like on a when you calibrate rock band but then you ask me to do it and i'm really off for some reason and you're like i can't play this yeah well some sometimes the rock band syncs were fucked up it's really bad in rock band 4 and still to this day is fucked up because if you sync with a drum set and you sync with a guitar you get two completely different fucking calibration settings and i don't understand it my dog is losing her mind with the rain yeah it's really weird so lightning struck and fucked your electricity up and just last night we were playing turtles in time or the fuck with uh eric and and chris and lightning took his fucking power out too do you think it was the same lightning I made the mistake of looking at you again. And what did you say? <laughs> Do you think it was the same lightning that struck both yeah, our plates? Just, like it traveled through time. It went. It went too far south. It's got to come back north and take my power out too. Hopefully, it hits me directly. All right. I don't remember what we were talking about. We were still doing uh, the Twitter stuff. Marcus so Phoenix just to is knock old. Out our last Twitter. Marcus Phoenix <laughs> is old, and he's pretty cool. I was trying to explain it, but you froze, and so I slowly, like, dwindled as you continued to not move, and, like, I was, like, more and more unsure if I should continue explaining what my thought was. But anyways, Marcus Phoenix is neat. What is the other tweet? Let's go look at it. the best character. I got it. Uh, From Freeway, from Between Two Gamers. Freeway? Uh, Is that what it, did it autocorrect to that? Go on. Well, I don't do know where it's at. It? I gotta open it up. Oh, whatever. I think it's Fruy. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced either. I keep forgetting. All right. Well, Fruy says, "Love the franchise. This and Halo are the foundation of Xbox for me. Fighting in the mechs in Gears Four was refreshing and interesting. The escape mode in Gears Five was fun too. Gears always delivers on hard-hitting moments. Gears Five choice of JD or Dell. My lord! Exclamation point. I don't know what you're talking about. Gears the end. Five. Yeah, I haven't either. So, yeah. what do you what mean? We have you, to make a choice done? between you have to be... JD and Dell. You Which know, I'd now all I can Del, think about because he, all he I can was think more about useful. Like, but, what, was he? I don't remember. Dude, he, we he never saved played my life as him. more times than anyone. We literally always played as JD and Kate. Okay, so let's start hitting the meat notes so we can uh, get back on track. So this talked about another AAA game. You pitched this at me as. The Force Awakens for Gears of War. Yeah, kind of. It just kind of is like, is The Force Awakens the first of the sequel trilogy? Yeah, it was the it was the first of the sequel. I'm about to turn my TV off. This is like, this is hard. <laughs> this is hard mode podcasting. Just walk and look at the dog. Do your pacing. Yeah, I'm going to walk away. Well, so, yeah. Well, I, the reason why I was saying it, because I think you could interpret, in, interpret that as me saying that this game is going to be bad, when really I was just like more generally saying that the game itself is just kind reboot. of like repeating old ground. You know what I mean? To kind of like get the foundation set for these new characters, kind of. The similar way, like I could have also ex- described it as like Mortal Kombat X. Because, you know, Mortal Kombat 9 like reboots the series and Mortal Kombat 10 is kind of like retreading through the game where in, in a way that's like setting up these new characters to take the torch, which I think you brought up before anyways. Well, you brought up Halo 4 earlier when we were talking about the crazy amount of character development Master Chief had in the 10 seconds he was awake in between Halo 3 and 4 when the new team took over. Yeah, and then and your fucking house exploded. I thought that was a great comparison. Yeah. Like, Halo 4 set out to innovate, which, you know, was a little shaky. Not everyone liked it. Meanwhile, Gears of 4 flung for life to Gears 1 through 3. Like, they were like, we have to make a new story with new characters, but please, God, Marcus needs to be there for 90% of the game. 
they even do a fake out where they're like, Marcus is dead, look at it. And they're like, ah, we fucking gotcha. Philip was like, I love it because yeah. Philip went through a whole arc where he was like, no, they're not going to kill Marcus. And then like the cutscene continued where he wasn't moving. And he's like, they're not going to do this, right? <laughs> or something like that. And then Marcus gets up. Like, at least in Force Awakens, they killed Han Solo really fast. Like, halfway through the movie, they were like, Han Solo's dead. Move on, nerds. Whereas this one, they're like, no, we don't worry. We won't kill him. We'll keep, we'll always keep Marcus safe for you. I don't know if they could ever kill Marcus, man. Marcus can never die. You know, I don't know if Marcus dies in uh, in Gears 5, but do you think, do you think they, everyone knows what happens in The Last of Us. Joel gets, he goes and plays golf, right? And so, um, yeah. I mean, you've never played either of those games. You know Joel goes and plays golf in The Last of Us. So do you think that they kind of are like, oh, oh worried about, because that was a huge controversial uh, prob, like problem for that whole entire franchise. It wasn't the fact that they made Joel go play golf. It was the fact that it was very anticlimactic the way that he went and played golf. It was like right at the beginning of the game in like a 50 hour long fucking game that is needlessly long. So it's like, are they worried about killing off these like, staple characters and like in anticipate in anticipation like anticipatory anxiety for this like backlash that they could get because marcus is like one of the most iconic xbox characters ever it's like killing off pikachu yeah see that's the problem is that whenever people play gears games they expect certain things in their gears this is also the problem with star wars is that everyone has their own Star Wars, like, prescription list. Like, hey, if it's going to be my Star Wars, it needs to have lightsabers, it needs to have spaceships, and it needs people in white armor. You got to have at least those three things for it to be my Star Wars. Whereas, I think the the definition of Gears is you have to have Marcus in it. At least my my version of Gears is like, without Marcus, the game is a, it's not as Gearsy. Not that, I, w- I don't want to say Marcus isn't a great character because he is a generic white dude yelling let's go get them boys like most of the time like we're gonna go murder the crap out of these guys as he revs his chainsaw and cuts through like five different people that got in his, the, the wrong way in front of him i i think i need marcus in my gears of war i don't know if i would have enjoyed this game if they try to just completely start fresh with a whole new squad not as much i mean it's kind of similar like in the like gears of war judgment didn't have marcus in it where gears of war judgment only had uh baird and uh Cole, yeah. What the fuck? I was like forgetting his name. These like he's the second most popular word, Coltrane, baby. Woo! You know. Yeah. But yeah, that game centers around those two guys during the Pendulum Wars, I think. Where um, and it's also like makes me think of Gears Tactics, which I haven't played too much of, but Marcus isn't in that either. It's like set like while Marcus is in jail, I think. And so. Well. Like, it's weird how ODST and Reach get a pass on this, but whenever I play Halo Wars, I almost don't feel as Halo-y about it, or it doesn't have the same taste, tastiness. You don't think Jerome as is as cool Halo as John Halo himself? John Halo. <laughs> so, I I think it's, it's smart that they're playing it safe and sticking to the core cast, but it does put some weird moments on with our new characters, Del, uh, JD, and Kate. Where they were, they tried so hard to give these guys like scenes to interact, scenes to have a moment, to develop a personality, and they were just kind of 
they fell flat. Like every every scene that didn't have Marcus on it fell flat for me. A lot of characters are like that. Like even the mother is kind of bland. And there's a character where they really try to go out there with Oscar. But every time I saw oh, the him, uncle? the only yeah. thing I can think of was you're not Cole. You know what I mean? Like you, he's trying to be Cole, but he's not Cole. And it's like affecting the way that I perceive this character. I don't remember feeling that way the first time I played this game. Remember the first time I played this game, I was like, this guy's my favorite. He named his horse Ugly. And I'm like, I fucking love that. I call my dog Ugly all the time, right through her face. She's looking at me right now. She thinks that's her middle name. But it's like, ah, uh, these characters kind of like, they're, they're wishy-washy. And while I agree... Wait, did we say that Kate was the best character? We No, we said JD was bland. Kate is the best. Yeah, JD's Kate, bland. Kate is the best main character. Yeah, Dell is like comic relief, but it's like not good enough. So it kind of gives me the vibes. I'm going to dip back into Mortal Kombat again, where in Mortal Kombat 10, there is Cassie Cage, uh, who is basically the main protagonist of the game, essentially. And then her best friend is Jackie Briggs, Jackie Briggs. I had to remember Jax's name. Jax's daughter's Jackie Briggs. And Jackie Briggs end up fuck, I hate it when I say like the same thing like eight times in a row. But Jackie ends up being this character who had who is one note, has like no personality. Her entire script is be Cassie's best friend. You know what I mean? And that's all that she is because yeah. this, the game the game it's so the gravity around Cassie having Johnny Cage Sonya Blade powers. It, it it warps the entire story around it. It's like a quite literally plot armor if for all the people who've played through the story of Mortal Kombat. Like she literally gets plot armor at the end of the game. And it's like hard for everyone else to compete when the game is like so skewed towards making you – it really wants you to feel like Cassie's a badass. You know what I mean? It really wants you to feel like Cassie is super strong. And I guess she is because she you know saves the day and wins. But it's – it's a similar feeling where I'm looking at all of these characters and the banter. I don't know if I'm just old man yelling at the clouds now at this point, but the banter, it just isn't like it's not Marcus and Dom and it's not supposed to be Marcus and Dom. And they really play with the in that space like they go out of their way in different points to remind you that it's not Marcus and Dom, especially when Marcus shows up and he tries to treat them like his old squad, but they're not his old squad. And he's trying to be, he's this battle-hardened, wounded, grizzled veteran who is emotionally scarred and is trying to set his kid on this right path. But it's like multiple times he's like put in his place. And I remember whenever I first played this game, I would always go, oh, of course the kids are putting him in his place. But now that I'm playing it a little bit older and a little bit sadder, like I'm looking at these moments where they uh, confront Marcus. They're like, hey, did you wait for backup? And Marcus is like, ah, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Because it's like he yeah. was that guy. He was them. Like that was the whole franchise is that he never waited for backup. It really makes me think back in Gears 1 when Marcus was a uh, emotionally you know, stunted war veteran just trying – like everything you said before, again, he hasn't changed much over the years – but like his first contact is with Dom, who is a previous war buddy, I think. But Marcus, yeah. being so hot-headed, wound up being locked up as a uh, like a not a military prisoner. I'm trying to remember what he was locked up for exactly. But basically, along the lines of he was getting uh, uh, court-martialed. Court-martialed? That was it. Yeah, yeah. he was court-martialed. So 
And they end up like, well, he is the killness dude I know, so we got to go get him <laughs> and bring him back on the team because it's after E-Day and the grubs are here. Yeah, shit's going bad. It's I think that at that point, it's way after E-Day. Like, that's like, whenever they go and get Marcus, literally everyone else is gone in the whole prison. He is the only one there still. <laughs> they must have been so really funny. mad at it's him. Like, where I'm are the guards? Sure they, I'm pretty sure they go into, like, why he's, why he was in there and stuff, but I don't remember why. It wasn't, like, a horrible thing, was it? No, that's just it is. No, he wasn't, like, wasn't doing crimes or anything. I think it was just a military-related offense. Like maybe he disobeyed orders at some point or along those lines. It was always always something honorable because he's a good guy. He just really likes to kill grubs, you know? They specifically go into it where uh, whenever you finally reunite with Cole and Baird, um, which they play the pronoun game the entirety of this fucking uh, this this storyline where they keep referring to Baird as he or him, and they never mention who yeah. it exactly is. So each, each time they do it, I go, "Who are they talking about, Philip?" He's like, "I don't know, Hoffman." And I'm like, still oh alive. my god, <laughs> there's so many characters. It could be, but it's I'm sure really... it's someone where it's gonna be like, "Oh, it was Chewbacca." Of course, Chewbacca's here. <laughs> yeah, Chewbacca shows up in the whatever that ship is. Um, so it's interesting whenever they all meet back up and they're talking for a moment because in the story, like the Grubs are dead. Like, the, the Locust is dead, as far as everyone else knows. But your squad is the one that's bringing to light that they are, in fact, not dead. They are coming back. Otherwise, what's the point of the video game? And whenever Cole is uh, handshaking with Marcus, they both go, yeah, it's oh, yeah, I almost missed him. And Marcus goes, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's kind of like poetic in a really goofy, grizzled, masculine Fuck yeah, kind yeah, of way. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, time to kill some grubs. But everyone is markedly oh, way, older. Yeah, at least twenty years older than three. Uh, to give before we get too far away from it, you highlighted in the Mortal Kombat thing that the big thing is that you know, was it Casey? Since Cassie. she's whatever his face is, Cassie, whatever you know, since she's the the chosen daughter, the chosen one, she is so much more interesting than every other character in JD's part of the story. Since Marcus is there, or he is the center point of the story whenever he, Marcus gets captured and JD has to go rescue him, Marcus is still way more interesting than JD on every part of his story where he gets just like overshown. Even when like Marcus is out of the game and is being held prisoner, even then he's still doing cooler stuff than JD where he's like, I am neurologically connected to the hive network mind and i know what's going on and how like how many survivors are there he's like i, I hacked into their system with my brain jd i saw everything i don't know well it, I, I feel like that's like weird. a specifically like strategic move on the coalition's part because i mean as dogs losing my dog's mind. uh you yeah my dog's chasing your tail but um i don't know why that always distracts me but um so like Everything about this character is bland. And I know everyone listening to this has probably already played Gears of War 5, so they're already like more advanced into the storyline than we know. So I don't know exactly how everything progresses, but in my mind, the way that I think is like, JD, his name is James. He's like just a blonde dude. He looks like he could be any run-of-the-mill cog soldier. He's always in just normal generic armor or normal, like very plain, uh, blending into the background clothing whenever he's not in his armor. It's like, they make this character as as vanilla as humanly possible to accentuate 
Kate, who I think is actually the main character, specifically because of the way that this game ends. Making her look – it's like setting her up for like serious – she has serious main character energy at the end of this game. It's And it's interesting. It's more like a switcheroo because you think that Marcus Phoenix's daughter is the one that – is super interesting where uh kate is just like the daughter of some random lady who runs the this random outcast camp uh that doesn't live with the call they're basically hobos homeless people living out in they call them outsiders outsiders yeah i I remember because when they kept referring to themselves that way and i was like you would think they would give themselves a a name you know what i mean yeah like (laughs) we are the new kingdom of kate or something anything what did they call the uh, the bad guys or the what is it the bad guys that are in Halo Reach that you're looking for before you realize it's the Covenant? What were they calling them? We call them in, or it, like the 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 Marines call them insurgents, but yeah, I don't see, think they refer to themselves as insurgents. That's what I'm saying. I, I I doubt they're like we're the insurgents. You know what I mean? Like no, that no, seems no. so goofy. They see themselves as freedom fighters or along those lines or have their own like society that they. Wait, Wait, the, screaming is so generic. the first time i saw them or saw him i'm like that's the default fortnite guy like you know like the blonde like yeah fortnite guy. i put two pictures in the chat and you like scroll down and you're like what is this and i'm like that's what i was thinking of the first time i saw jd just as buff blonde dude and that's it it really makes me wonder what his role is in Gears of War 5 because, like, he has to be important, right? Because he's Marcus Phoenix's son. But at the same time, it's it's even, like, it, when you play in this game co-op... should demote him. Like, yeah, like He should I mean, be that, player two. That's what, I was, that's what I was getting at. Even when you're playing co-op, player one is JD. Player two is Kate. So Kate being more important than, than, than Marcus or uh, James uh, is very interesting specifically because james's middle name like it's james dominique phoenix like dom the fucking player two of the other game right like the fact that the fact that ah it's so interesting like dissecting that where dom was always player two until you know what happens at the end of gears of war three or probably halfway through honestly but it's like for a lot of people, Dom was the most important character. Objectively speaking, I feel like Dom is the most fleshed out character in all of the Gears franchise, even though Marcus is like basically the thorough line and he is the master chief of Gears of War. Most people think about Dominique Santiago as a character. Specifically, I have a huge he, he's a huge hole, a, a huge hole in my heart when I was playing through this game, because he's constantly referenced. It's it's definitely a, still an open wound for Marcus. Anya's dead in this game, and Mar- and Dominique comes up more often than Anya does. Anya being Marcus's wife, JD's mother. There's one chapter where she's brought up. Maybe two, but Dominique comes up multiple times throughout the entire campaign. And I feel like these phantom pains of the franchise that coalition has picked up it it almost feels like they are so aware of that that and they and it's made with what something that resembles care right like i'm not sure if this (laughs) continues through but i i have heard that five is great and so i'm i'm even more excited now that i've played through this with an analytical lens that to experience five i'm fucking spinning my tires now (laughs) all right uh i think i get what you mean this game does feel like it was intentionally designed 
they weren't just making another shooter. They were trying to continue the Gears of War story. I think this will be good a good point to go back and answer my initial question back before I was struck by lightning about uh, why Grubbs born, whatever it was. <laughs> so, Nave, we referenced the Pendulum Wars. This is before the Grubbs, before Emergency Day. Uh, there was a war going on between two different human factions, the Cog versus uh, the Not Cogs. I don't remember what they were called. But it was over a resource called Emulsion, which was like a power source or whatever. Big oil references. It was underground. Look at all that juice. Yeah, pretty much. Because you go to a power plant in the first game, I think, and they reference Emulsion. For yeah, you go underground. That's whenever Cole says that. Cole, that's a quote like the river of emulsion yeah and then you fight a uh a fucking corpser in there the fucking grabby hand right, monster so the problem with emulsion though it's highly toxic to humans anyone encountered with like emulsion farming just gets murdered dead they would get emulsion sickness and die so humans being adaptable species we're like hey what if we do some genetic modification to try to avoid this because we find out some people are a little resistant to it they eventually start doing more and more, but it turns out they're not making them genetically resistant to it. They are making them more accepted to the power given from the emulsion. And all of a sudden it starts to create drones where these genetically modified humans, children that are being covered in emulsion still, start transforming into these big critters. And they find someone who actually is immune to it. And this is the first queen of the locust. What was her name? Mira. Uh, Mira. Yeah, and she actually has a connection because they use her DNA as like the source. And so she is able to connect to the hive mind and control all the drones and stuff or talk to them in her brain. And that's how she Who is doing this? All the grubs. The other people? Okay. Not the cog? No, no, I think it's the cog. Let me look. Oh, uh, Niles Samson. So it's Niles that was doing it. I don't, that oh, name. He, uh, by the way. The, <laughs> that doesn't do anything for me. Uh, also apparently where they get so bestial and stuff, it's because there are creatures living down amongst the emulsion too, that are just like a lizard and frog and stuff like that. And they mix their DNA with the kids too. So they have, you know, frog kids and stuff. Uh, so they just went fucking cuckoo mad scientists down there. Yeah. What did Marcus Phoenix's dad have to do with any of this? Okay. Marcus Phoenix's dad said that he could cure all the grubs and he promised uh mira that he would be able to do it and oh he way back whenever we were talking about the bomb that gets dropped in in gears of war one and also gears of war three it's a light mass bomb i just remembered it light mass that's it so anyways uh it was cog scientists by the way that did this so we're the are we the baddies <laughs> oh my god yeah so then surprise uh mira is human but she has the dna to control the drones drones come out they start shooting humans and it pretty much wipes out most of humanity. Uh, but then we eventually kill all the drones with the light mass bomb pulse thing that turns them all to stone. So that leads all up to Gears 4, where they're back again. Dave, hey, what did you think about all the new enemy types compared to the old classics? Uh, so the interesting thing about... They're all basically the same as the old ones. Uh, the interesting thing about this is that since the Youngblood... Uh, characters have never experienced the locust before they're running into all of these characters without marcus or anyone around so they're naming all of these characters 
just themselves and so all like it it the 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 contrast between the old enemies and the new enemies because the old enemies are the locust and the new enemies are the swarm because they swarm you know it's like we have the drones and then i don't remember what they call them the regular people but it's like we have theron guards and then we have i don't know what any of them are called actually now that i'm thinking about it okay they named them after different types of swarming bugs which holds true to the classics where they have like they have the juveniles, which are like the initial form of them that oh, grow juvies. into the. Uh, I don't remember what they called adolescents, drones, whatever the mid tier is. I don't know, it, but honestly, it feels a little like worse because these. Now that I realize that the grubs are humans that have been you know DNA mixed up, they can talk. All the drones can talk and stuff, and they even say things like. Boom, which in the old games was kind of scary, where it's kind of strange in the new ones when they come out and they're like, suppress a fire or whatever they say. Suppress. Well, that's, that's the weird thing, because like in the old games, uh, the the boomers were called boomers because they yelled boom. And the grinders were called grinders because they yelled grind. And those are the only words that those guys said. Right. And then there were maulers, yeah. but I don't know if they ever talked. In this game, I don't remember what the big boys are called, but the guy who used to be the grinder is not called a grinder anymore. But he he yells suppressing. He goes, suppressing! And then he starts shooting at you. But that's not his name. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> I don't know what any of their names are. They yell it out every time, but it's like, you kind of get okay, that, well, that. The big ones, they refer to them as scions. Scions? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's Which, kind of a weird name compared actual, to all the other ones. Well, a scion is apparently a descendant of a noble family. Hmm. I don't know. Well, if that kind of bugs, that kind of shoots my my theory down with their dumb names and like I was like the Theron guards. Well, scion kind of sounds serious no, okay, too. Okay. See, this is where it gets weird because like it made sense with Queen Mira, Queen of the Locust Horde where they make giant locust castles underground. They have Thuron guards. They wear almost like knightish gear. Some of them even carry swords, like great swords and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, this seems like a young child's vision of running an army. And it almost seems thematic in how the soldiers act. They build giant catapults. They seem like an, an invading horde army out of a, a medieval fairy tale where they just pop out of the ground like, we have catapults and castle walls and stuff. Meanwhile, you have the cog soldiers, which are advanced warfighters with chainsaws mounted onto their machine guns. I don't know. It's this game does not have the same class of enemy as I liked in the other one. Maybe I'm too old to adapt where I just really miss the classics, but I appreciated the more formal style of the old enemies. Yeah, because the new ones, they have like crystallized like things all over them but other than that it's kind of like they they look just like regular locusts and it feels very strange playing gears of war fighting the gears of war enemies but calling them different names even though they are like generally the same thing and even even to the point where we were constantly referring to them as their old thing it's like playing elden ring and saying estus flask and shit you know what i mean like we're getting the i'm at the bonfire we literally never converted any of the things you know it's like every time a grinder showed up we called it a grinder and every time someone got hit by a torque bow i'm like oh fuck look out for the theron you know what i mean and philip was like yep i know what he's talking about because i could i can't recall any of their fucking names mostly because i refuse to adapt 
<laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of weird because I miss out on the classic champs like that we would see. It, it makes sense that they're not around anymore. And when they do pop up, it's like you know you you slap me on the arm I'm like hey look they got um they got those uh flyy boys I don't remember what they're called but it was only in like a flashback it wasn't like the main story. There's like the flying jellyfish monsters. Oh, uh, it's on the uh, back. Not a corpser. I don't even know what a corpser is. Not a cedar. The corpsers were giant spiders. Remember, like the giant spiders that would pop out of the ground, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's a giant spider!" Or like, uh, what's what were the behemoth things that look like uh, rainbows? Yeah, like we only saw I think three brumax in the whole campaign whereas like gears three like there's a brumac popping around every corner and you're like oh no, my but god that's there's the thing. One. so like so you would think they had sensors in the gr in the ground right like because they just fought the ground people like oh, but the whole sensors? thing is that the the fact that we see more than one brumac made me go it it's it like my suspension of disbelief was like but the fucking alarms were going off i'm like well how did where did these come from you know what i mean like did they just appear like it feels very strange that we got broom axe together to fight our giant robot army or or just us two but that's an army basically in gears of war just two people the, the whole thing the whole fact that's that they got the broom axe together i'm like how did the cog not know that something like this was happening i guess the planet is really big but it's and and also there's like the outcasts are doing shit and the cog has no idea what the fuck's going on so even though it looks like they have great technology i guess they their surveillance technology is not so great but it's it just confuses me a little bit maybe i'm deflating my own argument but speaking of the old and the new. They introduced another faction to this game, Philip. The robots. What do you think about the robots? Yeah. The J. The, They're the terrible. It just it bugs me when they do stuff like this because they did the same thing in Halo Four with the Forerunners, which I'm like, okay, it's time to bring in new technology. But this is like if they brought in the Forerunners and then they also renamed all the old enemies. Like grunts are now, I don't know, puddle wackles, and elites are. I don't know. What's a what's a grunts. good swap for the elite? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the same. elites are grunts now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just renamed everything. And then they brought in these enemies that are new and they each have a semi-different fighting style. Problem is, it didn't matter most of the time. They would pop out and we're like, I guess we're fighting robots right now. We kill the robots and move on. And they're just there as like a plot contrivance to show that like human population is much lower at this point. So they're doing a lot of automated stuff where all, all the humans are either they're outsiders or they're living in controlled cog cities that are like fortresses being constructed by these robot armies that are also defended by these robot armies. They are all developed by uh, Baird, the guy who makes the robots in the first game that makes like Jack and Betty. That is why they're and, called BDs because it is Baird's initials, which is a funny joke in the middle of the game where Philip was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is stupid. Yeah, I didn't need that. Yes. Or DBs. DBs. I keep saying BDs. Damon Baird. DBs. Fuck. But the whole intro of the game, you or like it does really well where you play as in flashbacks like of emergency day and where like you see a different angle. It's just like in Halo ODST where you're seeing uh new Mombasa from yeah. a different angle. And it's cool. I really enjoy that part. I'm like, is this whole game just gonna be flashbacks? I'm, I might actually enjoy that. And you're just playing as regular cogs. It's really cool. 
yeah, even though we were generic and we were seeing like the other cogs doing actual stuff, we'd pop in and we start playing as, you know, Force Awakens characters, which we don't know anything about. And we are raiding one of these cities being built, which looks like a prefab of a portal testing facility. Like where it's just like flat walls with robots. And we just start killing robots. And I feel nothing as we kill the robots. Well, another thing, too, is like, because I was like, maybe they just really felt the. I mean, I could see as a narrative, as a, as, a, as a narrative drive, they needed to add more characters and they needed to show that time had passed, I guess, in some way. The locusts, the whole story is revolved around the locusts are dead. So there has to be a enemy. So I was like, maybe this introduces some kind of enemy variety. But the more that I kind of dissected the the enemies that you're fighting, they literally are just archetypes that were previously in gears of war and this does also add to that idea that this is the force awakens of the gears of war franchise where they're just rehashing kind of everything in an attempt to get this reboot going like this is just the foundational knowledge that we need in order to progress to the actual fucking story that they want to tell where you you think about the swarm the swarm i don't think has snipers i don't think there are any snipers in the swarm i think all the snipers are the robots it's like there used to no, be these little snipers. enemies well, there were snipers in the swarm. I thought they were always Torquebow guys. No, they had snipers, remember? Because you were like, whoa, this place was really hard on Insane because this guy would headshot you every time you walked out. I don't remember. And it was a, it was a guard or a, well, a grunt. Well, the or... main thing I wanted to get to was there, there are these enemies called Tickers that are absent in this game, but their replacement are these little balls that, uh, these little robot balls that electrocute you. And instead of having the, yeah. uh, the flying squid things that I can't, we can't remember the fucking name of Philip Google that real quick. Those guys are basically replaced by these floating machines with shields and machine guns or rocket launchers on them. Right. Which are basically the exact same thing, except they split that character. They, they, cause those things had machine guns and explosive capabilities they just took both those weapons and separated them out into two separate uh enemy types god there's a lot of information here their language and calendar system they have a different calendar system than phillips in the deep lore right, well just going down yeah going down the list like just from the first three games they had drones boomers cantus ragers berserkers and sires those were like the main different races whereas like this game was completely void of the cantus type and the rager and berserker type yeah well no yeah, there was I'm a similar there was a similar to rager where there were the larger enemies of the robots kind of and the like the rager whenever you do dumb enough damage to it it would freak out and start sprinting towards you and the the robots did that as well except instead of beating you to death they just uh, with their fists they just blew up which is essentially the role of that rager character that i think was introduced in three right uh, i just remember you could play so. it in that in that uh asymmetrical multiplayer game mode which i can't remember the name of but you could play when the one where you could play as the locust against the people playing horde mode it's fucking awesome i love playing the ragers and i'm seeing lots of references to these critters including the blood mounts which i forgot were a thing or they're in judgment it looks but yeah i don't know what the the giant jellyfish is that's so weird they're so iconic god dang it there's a level where you ride them i think in two yeah, there is. And I think you like shoot down other ones that are like chasing you, which is really cool. I don't know. I remembered Light Mass uh, Bomb. Maybe I'll remember those guys too. Let's go over the story beats real quick and see if we have any. Just jump in at any point. You have something you want to say. The Cog has basically become the rulers of the last of humanity. They're one of prefab cities. Now it's like a soft rebel, these outsiders, where they're not. Everyone's fighting for survival at this point. We have people on the outside of the walls, people on the inside. 
The emulsion countermeasure pulse from three instead of killing all the locusts, transform them into the swarm. Swarm is now kidnapping humans, transforming them into more swarm. I guess they got to get those numbers up. Uh, Marcus gets captured and JD and Kate and Dell go and rescue him. He finds out that Kate's mom's still awake or alive, even though like their whole base got wrecked by the swarm. We then go to rescue mom, but we get there too late and she's plugged into the system. Instead of being turned into a grub though, just plugged into it with her brain being connected. Interesting moment. And then we see the reference that their family line is connected to Mir. That's the whole game. Is this just a quick stepping stone or intro to Gears 5? I would imagine so, because I don't know how much time takes place throughout this game. I feel like it's maybe five or six days. It feels like it. I don't even think it's five or six days. I feel like it's like a day and a half. Like we show up, it's daytime. We go through a night. Then yeah, he, one day has passed yeah, when the when the village gets house. taken. Yeah. yeah. And we get to Marcus's house before day daytime. Spend another day going through the power plant. So it's like two days and this game is over. It feels like a very tight action movie, which I will talk about in a minute. But this game is very to the point of getting stuff done. I appreciate. But as far as like the narrative goes, I feel like we don't gain much except for just saying like, hey, can't wait for Gears 5, huh? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we were like three quarters of the way through and we were already talking about playing Gears 5. We were like, we need to take a month break, but you're like, I really want to get back into this. This is especially after Anacrusis. We're just like actually like having oh, yeah. a fucking blast playing this fucking game. Dude, that was the insane part because I was thinking this game was just going to be basically like a, a generic cash in. They're just going to rehash everything we already did. But we jumped in there and I'm like, story didn't matter at that point because like I, at this point I am making a point of saying like the story seems a little a little cheesy. It's just like, hey, aliens are not aliens, but the grubs are back and maybe the bloodline connected to Mira is still active. And that's basically the whole takeaway we take from this point. They reintroduce the setting. They give us a solid six to eight hours to go shoot some shoot some wretches, which I don't think is wretches. They're 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 the not Jeebies. called wretches in this game. Yeah, and we have fun, and then they go to credits. I want to say it's weak on narrative, but it, it's weird to say that because there's nothing bad about it. It's just they put it to the side to focus on reintroducing your favorite classic characters and the setting. I feel like it's almost more world building than storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Or am I just like, am I lost in my own sauce? No, I, I, I think I was, re, I was, uh, well, not reiterating it because I said it first. But yeah, oh. it's kind of hard to, because I'm going back to staring at you again. So it's kind of hard to like, you're still like three seconds at, separated from the noise that you're making. But yeah, the game itself, uh, the story, it's, it has interesting implications, but like all of that deep lore shit, I didn't know. And I played all of the games. Um, I don't know if that, like, that must be like some shit that you actually have to like read the the collectibles or like the comic books or whatever the fuck is going on with whole with the yeah. whole genetic yeah. modification yeah. thing. Universe. I had no idea where the where the 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 locust came from, to be completely honest. And it makes a lot of sense that Kate's mom wasn't like just put into the uh sacks it also makes sense where why they were one of the first places that were attacked after like the swarm was like building more and more of an army like they're one of the first major settlements that they attacked like there were like they were also like the strongest settlement like they highlight like this is not like the other settlements whenever the cog army shows up and they're like hey we know your settlement's really strong and i think you've been taking out our other cog settlements and stuff and she's like no it wasn't us 
I don't know who's attacking your settlements. And the cogs can't believe that these outsiders aren't the ones doing it. Because like they just put all the resources. The wording in the entire thing is that they they're not saying anything about taking out settlements, but they are I mean, they do mention a settlement. I don't remember what they were talking about specifically. <clears throat> I think it was kind of like a remember reach kind of thing, like where it's something that's referred to, okay. but it's just deep lore shit. But they kept referring to uh where are my where are my soldiers and it's kind of implied because you're immediately it's it's revealed that jd and dell are runaway cogs right so yeah, what you're supposed to like what the red herring that they're sending you on is that she is mad that jd and dell are both you know defected and they're in that camp like why else would she be there why else would she be asking about because you again you don't know about any of these abductions whenever you find out about the abductions is whenever you right before going to your dad like right before going to marcus's house which is like i don't know do you have you run into the swarm by then i don't know things are starting to run together yeah you go to marcus's house right after you see the mom get kidnapped because you're like oh uh, that's right. like we need to get out of here this place isn't safe and jd's like i know somewhere we can go yeah <laughs> and it's like right down the street it's like oh it's marcus's house yeah and at and that point, I don't just... think you know that he's he's Marcus's son, but he starts dropping no, hints. Don't. I don't know. What do you think about the uh, the person who runs the cog, or and the running gag that she's always in this robot, this disgusting robot with like a weird three D printed face where you could see it's like a it's like a seven twenty p image of her face as she's talking. It's like That's the so hologram funny. technology from really like good. the from uh, the first Star Wars movie. It's like really bad, but um, this character is always getting killed in a different way every time you see the uh, see her show up. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I enjoy that. So there are a handful of running gags that are like just for the characterization of different uh people. Like I mean, like there's multiple instances where you hear hear Dell and JD talking shit to each other. Like like these two characters are a lot more close than Kate is to anybody. <clears throat> and Marcus is Marcus and uh, JD's relationship is also very distant. So like the way that everyone kind of communicates with each other and Marcus has this weird softness whenever he's talking to Kate in some strange way, like especially at the end, because like when Marcus got plugged into the network, he knew the whole time that her mom was being treated differently. Like it's kind of like a hive mind thing. He got put in a pod and he was getting turned into a locust drone. And then, you know, everybody, he, he learned everything that was going on, I guess. I can't remember. And um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Something about the characterization. Philip's beating his cat to death. I'm beating it to death. It's just trying to steal the trash like a raccoon. Explain that thing. It's that it, It's got like a fucking floaty on its head. You explained it to me once before. Oh, which one? Oh, the, yeah. So Fuzzles has cancer and is having a rough time. She's okay, though. But she has a weird skin sensitivity thing, and so she will lick herself bald if we don't put the the cone around her head. Soft. It looks like a watermelon too, so it looks like <laughs> it has a watermelon around its neck. It's funny, kind of. Anyway, anyways, Gears of War. Yeah. Uh, so this game, I feel like, is just a stepping stone to the new generation. This is like, hey, this is the new world. These are the new characters. Settle in for Gears Five, and of course whatever they do down the road. I don't know if they're going to try for gear six. We'll see how gears five goes, but I think gear really, six is in the works. It's supposed like, to be on the new unreal engine. 
I'm excited to play Gears 5. Like, I know we've said that like four times at this point, but after playing through this, I was thinking like, yeah, maybe we'll we'll do Gears 5 in like a year or something. But then like, after we finished the, playing this game, like, man, we should do Gears 5 as soon as possible. Yeah, Gears 4 was like one of the first like 15, it was like in the first 15 games we, we were playing and planning to get through. And it just was always getting booted down further and further and further. Like just for no reason. Like it's it makes no sense that we played Wolfenstein Youngblood before we played Gears of War 4. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. All right, let's talk about uh, kind of the new mechanics they did add into this game. So what about the wind flares? They suck. They're very pretty, but this is the worst mechanic that they added to the game, like, by far. This is, it's awful. Yeah, I don't know if it's due to the pulse or whatever, but for some reason, there's these horrifically violent thunderstorms where the sky catches on fire and it looks like you're in doom. They just pop up basically every three hours in the game. And much like when the power went out of my house whenever we got hit by lightning, your life will go out of your body when you get hit by the lightning in the game. <laughs> and it is very annoying because it's basically like very cinematic experience. You're high octane. It's like an action movie. We're like, we got to get to cover. There's a barn right there. It'll hold. Get to the barn. And just so happens in this tight little field in between us and the barn, we see four different pillars of lightning repeatedly spiking down into the ground and the lightning is streaming off of it in different waves. And we have to gears of war roadie run dive, dodge and dip just doing everything we could to get away from these lightning bolts. Cause you can tank like one or two hits, but the second you take a little bit too far instant dead. And this completely killed the pacing where there would be multiple times because both of us have to make it to the other side. And Sometimes it would be like, Nave can just make it to the other side just fine, and I am dying on every run. And it takes us like eight runs to get through this part where you just got to walk and not get hit by lightning. Like, how hard can it be? There's other parts where I made it through and Nave was getting murdered every step of the way. This is just and there was some degree thing. of variance as well. It's like it you couldn't always take the same path because sometimes something weird would happen. Or like uh, there's this goofy mechanic where Philip would jump on the same cover as me and it would shove me out of the cover and I would just go straight into the mother lightning bolt. Like I would go instantly die. Where like Philip saying that this killed the pacing is like an understatement. We died. We probably died 50 times during the duration of this campaign. And I would say... 35 of them were here, like in each of these little parts where the other 15 were in this one part where we couldn't kill these two scions in this little kill box. I don't know if you want to talk about that one. We just could not win for some okay, reason. Lightning bad. All right. So over this kill box, this was mostly due to our own arrogance. There's one part where it's super simple. There's a hole in the wall. We push a button, the hole in the wall blows open or whatever, and a scion walks through with a chain gun, and he's pretty easy to kill. But then after him, a couple of uh, wretch juniors run out, and they rush you. No, nah, that's not so bad. But then behind him, you get about four basic soldiers, and then a mega scion that is able to boost the babies where they don't flinch when you shoot them, which flinching is basically your, the easiest way to get things killed, because they can't hurt you if they're flinching, right? The problem with this guy is he also has a, what's it called? The digger cannon or whatever? Uh, drop shot. Yep, that's what I said. The drop shot. It replaces the digger from three. But basically, it is the it opposite is a, of a digger. Yes. It's It sends out a drone shot in a straight line. And once it gets above you, it then dive bombs straight down, blowing your head off. And he is really good with it. If you're behind any cover, just kind of like taking shots at him, he would get you. And there were so many times where 
all we really need to do was get more distance between us and him. But if we got too far away, we couldn't kill the guys when they were bottlenecked in that little kill zone. They would spread out and then they would kill us along with the big guy. So it took us so many tries because we would not give up on the kill box and scoot back a little because we had the whole arena to fight it. Yeah. But we wanted to kill them in that kill box. And I would, we was like, we got to a point where we're like, all right, we got to kill the mulcher when he comes out. I'll grab his machine gun. I'll set a point and I'll just mow this big dude down when he comes in. But the second he comes in, he fires a drop shot and you are so slow when you're carrying the big machine gun mulcher that I'm like, well, hold on time to get off the wall. By the time I try to get off the wall, he already blows my head off with a drop shot, instantly killing me. I'm like, like, well, we were getting dead, so Dave. in detail that like, it's like, I have two frag grenades. Philip, what do you have? He's like, I have one incendiary grenade. I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw one frag grenade so that we can get that first scion pretty dead. And as soon as we kill that scion, you throw an incendiary into that hole and run in there. So while the wretches are getting burned to death and I'm holding cover fire for you, you can maybe get the vulture back over here so that by the time the scion and the other guy, like we were like going into it, it during our death screens because we are both on the uh, Xbox Series X's. Our loading screens are a third of a second long. So we were super meat boying into the meat grinder on this fucking fight. It was noticeably <laughs> it really frustrating. Was. Like it's like I was like standing an inch from my TV. Like I was I wasn't lounging on the couch anymore. I was in serious gamer mode time. And it was uh, the thing was we were playing on like normal difficulty too. This wasn't a hardcore insane. So. The problem was is that the drop shot was a one-hit kill if it hit anybody. Which harkens back to the actual, like, you know, Gears of War 1. When the boomer would come in, it was also usually a one-shot kill if he hit you with the boomer. Or what, what they call the boom the shot? Boom shot, yeah. So that was scary whenever a boomer walked in. You did not want to get in close range with the boomer. But this was just kind of annoying because he wouldn't aggressively walk. Like, boomers would slowly walk towards you always. Guy kind of slowly walked in, but he would also just kind of stand there and just fire endless one-shot kill attacks at us every five seconds, and that got pretty old pretty fast. This is the only this is the only thing that could one-shot you in the entire game on normal. So like you can get hit, you can tank a torque bow shot, you can get headshotted by a sniper, you just go down but not out. But whenever you get headshotted by this thing, it would one hit kill you, and it would almost always headshot you if you didn't react in time. Like if you were fighting something else, and then someone happened to walk in with a drop shot, because this guy makes multiple appearances, um, and almost every time that I realize he's there, I scream at Philip until he shows. Because in this game, we usually just fan out and just kill our own people and just meet back in the middle at some point. That was basically every fight. But whenever that drop shot guy showed up, I would just scream at Philip to help me kill this fucking guy. Because if you're not paying attention to him, he'll headshot you. And he always hangs far back. And he's always buffing everyone around him. So it's like imperative that this guy fucking dies. He is literally just like, I don't want to say like a mini boss, but he is the hardest enemy to fight, which I don't know. Thinking back to the other Gears of War, they had so many interesting, more interesting enemies with the Cantus that would also, I think, buff enemies, but he'd throw like the inky smoke grenades and stuff, or you would have uh, the Reaver the mounts that they would ride on. The flying Reaver? thing is That's called it. a Reaver. Yeah. <laughs> Or they would have reavers it. like on the walls they'd have to shoot down and they would like firebomb you with their little bionic grenade things. Like the other the other games, the fights were just so much more cinematic compared to the like this one, which was hallway shooter of the game most of the time. There are a couple pretty neat set pieces uh that are memorable. I mean the elevator obviously was uh 
pretty great. Uh, another one that stands out to me is there's this room when you're inside of the, the dam, the energy area. I can't remember what it is. But there are these giant broken chains that are constantly moving and slamming down and sliding across the floor. And anyone that's in the way when, some, when one of those things happens to move instantly crushed and killed, which happened to me once um, when I was backing away, like not paying attention to where I was going and then splat. But that, uh, really that was cool a room. really memorable arena like i don't i don't think i've ever seen anything like that in a fighting in a in a shooter like just these because they are chains that are twice as big as these humans that are twice as big as us you know what i mean like these humans are huge <laughs> these chains are huger they're like a bike chain the size of a i don't know like a a train literally like just train cars how big these chains are all right so just back to weird game gameplay mechanics that this kind of introduced at one point, you get in giant transformer-sized robots, and the second we jumped in, it looks just like you're playing as a normal soldier. So I'm like, I really hope <laughs> these controls are exactly the same. Like nothing changed. <laughs> we just got yeah. bigger. Like in Psychonauts, how like there's a, a whole level where you just get you're a giant, but all your controls and everything are the same. Everything else is just smaller. It doesn't seem to make any difference. And or like in the Bethesda whole games, game whenever you like. Suit. Like there's like it, you fight a badass enemy and it's just a bigger version. It's like a bigger mud. Uh, what are those crabs in bigger Fallout? Mud crab. Yeah, it's not a mud crab. Oh, it's called uh, a murloc or something like that. Yeah, it's bigger enemy. That's and, all. It but is. they move just and as fast and goofy. It's like it's just so funny. I really like the giant robots. It's a bit cheesy, very action movie. You're shooting staples uh, because final boss. they're literally the robots from the beginning of the game that are building the settlement that you guys go in and raid. It's good. I like the giant robots. Probably can't do it again in later games unless they like, we modify the giant robots for combat. Yeah, well, the the giant robots were modified already. What Bayard did was he put a little laser pointer on their on their shoulders so that you could designate, you could paint targets so that the helicopter that's flying around, you can shoot missiles, which begs the question, why didn't we just get in the helicopter and just fly there shooting missiles at the obvious enemies in their entrenched positions? It's like, come on, guys. Cole, Baird, you guys fun. are all... You guys are all veterans. You could have slapped us on... We could have had a Call of Duty uh, Halo Reach turret section. No, no, no. Robots are cooler, I, though. I think I, I covered all my meat points. Do you have anything more? Uh, We missed an enemy. When you said mini-boss, I was thinking about, like... Were there mini bosses in this game? And there were. I don't remember what they were called, but they basically took the place of the Cedars. They were like the Cedars mixed with Reavers, I guess. I guess the Cedars and the Reavers put together. You know what? I, you know what I'm talking about? They open up their chest cavity and Jumbo? shoot yeah, the Cedar the shit out. Catchers. Oh, catchers. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they were like it was like a it looked like a boomer almost with armor. It was way bigger. It was a huge. It was like a a house sized enemy. You fight it like three yeah. times in the game, I think. It was not very interesting in any fight. Like you can shoot its missiles out of the air that it shoots at you because it fires missiles at you. I don't know. It wasn't very thrilling to fight. Something that I haven't brought up yet, which is interesting because it pro it was like a lingering feeling that I had throughout the entire campaign is that I beat this game with my friend Aaron, the guy that was on the dark souls 3 episode i think it was dark souls 3 episode yes where um we played it in co-op on insane the hardest difficulty and i don't remember it because i must have genuinely erased this from my memory i must have genuinely repressed this deep into the emotional baggage like it's psychonauts i 
as as we played this game, I would every now and then get a sick feeling in my stomach as we would in, approach a horrible, horrible, horrible section that on insane, but on normal or, or hardcore or whatever the fuck we were playing on, it was a total cakewalk. But these enemies, uh, the ones that shoot the the seeker inkling things they are horrible yeah. to fight there are multiple like parts of this game that are just atrocious on the hardest difficulty i think i said out loud to you uh that gears of war 4 on insane is twice as hard as playing halo infinite on lasso which i did philip played halo on yeah, a, I know. halo infinite on lasso but uh I hear it every I'm week. more. I'm more proud. I can. I. I can look back fondly on Halo Infinite on Lasso, but I can't look back fondly on Gears of War 4. Um, I was afraid after I realized what was going on that it would paint this game negatively, but fortunately, we had a lot of fun, and I think Anna Cruz has definitely contributed to that. I think that pretty much covers all our me points. Ready to move on to final words? Uh, yeah. Take a break. You know, meat points is like extra potent in uh talking about gears of war since everyone just turns into meat yeah they just get giblified whenever you get too close with the nasher which we never talked about and we're back we we didn't talk about how we actually played this uh we played horde mode for a while and we did a one-on-one which oh yeah there's distinct host advantage in this game significantly yeah. to the point where it is impossible to chainsaw duel someone whenever you're not the host it was crazy like it Which, felt like philip had a whole second extra to press the b button like he would cha- we would get in a chainsaw duel and i would see the b button pop up and the moment i got into position to mash the b button i was already dead i was like <laughs> i don't even know how that's possible which i think you ended up winning our one 1v1 but that was actually some of the sweatiest gaming I've been in a while because there's something about gears in multiplayer that just feels so like, okay, I feel like I've been kind of a little harsh on like nitpicky about this game, but they have not changed the game feel since the first game. Like it still feels so good to pull out a Nasher, get in close, do a dodge roll, give them the, the two piece, like shoot them and then punch them and knock them down to the ground and then use your shotgun as a golf club and knock their head off their shoulders. <laughs> it feels so good to play i don't think we talked about game like game feel very much in this episode or in most of our episodes we kind of talked about nana cruz how the guns feel like light guns but this everything feels good to play like i remember whenever i first started playing the game uh i didn't realize that at the time but i'm like this feels like it's missing something then my controller died on me and i'm like oh my batteries are dead and then I got new batteries and the vibration and the controller came back as you're going, jerk, 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 jerk. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, that was missing. I just had no controller vibration because my controller was about to die. But this game feels good to play. God, the fucking guns. Every single gun feels amazing to shoot. And, and it felt so great whenever I was in the campaign and I picked up the hammer burst and started slamming it. And like the act, every gun has a distinct active reload spot. And I was slamming that hammer burst active reload over and over again. I wasn't even looking at it. Like I just went right back into it. Like it, it, the muscle memory was still there. And I was just, I had so much joy when we were first playing. Like not because when, when we first started playing, we played Horde immediately. And I was just kind of like, okay, you know, this feels fun um we were we were kind of a little deflated we were deflated from anacrusis so going into a horde mode right after that was like a little scary but being able to play in the multiplayer or play in the campaign and use every gun because 
some guns are more gun than others in multiplayer. Like you don't want to use the Lancer in 100%. multiplayer, but not if you can you help being it. able to kill people with the Lancer with the Marksa with the uh, with the drop shot. Good lord, the drop shot's so fun to play. I I almost never picked up a uh, a power weapon. I almost always let Philip uh, grab him because I played the shit out of the multiplayer. I think I was like level sixty seven and I re upped like four times or something. Like I had played the shit out of this multiplayer with Aaron. And um, so I wanted Philip to experience the stupid little saw blade pizza thrower machine, the drop shot especially. He didn't under the the drop shot's interesting because, like Philip said, you shoot a drone out, and then you. But the way that it works is when you have to hold the trigger down, and it continues to go out. And then as soon as you let go of the right trigger, it drops down and then explodes. Right. So the this weapon is used to to. Uh, flush enemies out of cover but again if you drop it right on top of somebody you can headshot them so uh once i explained that to him philip was like i have one bullet left so i have to make this count but then he was like yeah that's interesting and then we beat the game like we never had another drop shot again but these a lot of these weapons are very interesting the pizza cutter re fucking ricochets off of everything and it can hurt you like it can ricochet back and hit you and damage you it's just very goofy and um yeah, the game feels there. I do there. like the digger more. Yeah, the digger is uh, shoot it and forget it. Like, this was a more balanced digger. This gun, you had to, like, pay attention to where it was going. Because the digger would explode if it, if it like, got near somebody. It would just pop up and shoot. I think the digger was slower, though. Yeah, because it was the digger way specifically slower. is a small, is a critter that has a bomb attached to it. You would launch it out of the gun. It would go straight into the ground in front of you, dig in a straight line. When you got next to an enemy, it pops out of the ground like a bouncing Betty and blows up. And it was great because it could go through cover in any other material. It was OP, honestly. I loved it. Yeah, everyone always ran to it whenever it spawned. But um, we didn't talk about the sounds. The sounds of this game, very iconic. The gun. Yeah, and the uh, the guitar sounds whenever you wow. complete a wave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking it's, great. They nailed it with Gears One. They did so good on Gears One that it is flowing through the series. It has not changed. It's just like Halo, though. Honestly, like the, that nostalgia bone is like it, it's fucking stabbing into me. It's great. I don't know what that fucking metaphor was, but um, it's like whenever you, we bone. first Everyone saw. Everyone knows that one. <laughs> Yeah, the nostalgia, the classic fairy tale about the bone. The uh, in Halo, whenever they first revealed it, whenever you first hear the boom of the shield coming back, it's like ah ah, <laughs> just go crazy. I love this fucking shit. Gears of War is this really strange franchise where, and this is my experience with everyone that I know that likes Gears of War. It's like I don't consider myself really a fan of Gears of War, but the more I talk about it, and the more I reminisce about it, the more I think about it. I realize I I am a huge fan of this fucking game. I just don't really know much about <laughs> what's going on. I the game the gameplay is so figured out at this point. Like they just know exactly like it revolutionized third person games. It, just the same way that Resident Evil 4 did. You know? And we didn't talk about the headshot sound. Oh yeah, this headshot sound that is louder than every other sound on the battlefield. So it someone feels heads so... on you. Hear... Yeah, you like, just play the game and there's like yeah. explosions and people screaming and die, and then you hear, and you're like, damn, someone's got their face blown off somewhere. So like on the other side of yeah. the map, it's amazing. It feels so good. 
It's like a watermelon getting shot out of a watermelon. It's like a watermelon getting shot out of a cannon into another watermelon that got shot out of another cannon. And then the microphone was right there with the boom mic and everything. Like, it's such a satisfying sound. It makes you really, really want them. Which, when you do get that long shot going, it, it does feel good to take down those grunts or brood, whatever they are. The brood. The swarm. The brood. The swindles. Uh. Whatever they are. The the flood that's them all right let's do some final words i'll step in Seems first like the final you words like now you're just talking about sound effects so as someone who has also saw themselves as not a gears of war fan but just the person that seems to play all the games i was a, initially skeptical of gears of war 4 when i stepped in but i quickly changed my tune to this is a good gears game not the best but if you take the story at face value, don't try to like overread into it because I definitely did not read much into any of them. This is a great action movie game. As a pro gamer, I feel I am desensitized to most violence in action. But when we were just rolling through a, was it like a derelict power plant as lightning storms were like bursting down and we were taking down hordes and hordes of these critters just popping out of the ground like daisies. I was having fun even though it is just nonsense violence most of the time. I recommend everyone go out. I don't know how I'm going to feel after playing five. Like once I play five, I honestly think I could have the opinion of you can skip four, but right now without playing five four is a great follow-up to the initial trilogy. I would say play the other ones first just to, I don't know, have a better experience, but four is it's respectable. It's a good game. Go play it on game pass. Yeah, it definitely gives me this idea of, um, you know how, like, we brought up when we were talking about Far Cry 6, what would you do to recommend somebody who just played a Far Cry game for the first time ever that liked it? Like, would like Far Cry 6 is an amazing game in that perspective. When you talk about Gears of War or third-person shooters in general, I, I, like that you, I like the word that you use, desensitize, because it definitely feels that it fe- like almost every single kind of shooter we've probably played almost every single flavor. And it's like, it, it takes a lot to really pull us out of our experience so that we can like be somewhere unknown completely. And gears of war four doesn't do that. It takes you right back to that, uh, safe place, that cozy nostalgia couch where you think about, uh, eating Doritos and drinking Coca-Cola with your friends whenever you're just bored of playing Halo 3 for the 17th hour in a row. You can only do so many customs before you have to play Rock Band or something else. And Gears of War scratched that itch. It is definitely a lot more of a sweaty game than Halo or any other. Like, this is the sweatiest first-person shooter, or, or this is the sweatiest shooter that I know of, Gears of War. It has the steepest learning curve. It is the most it's the most jarring between single player content or PVE content and PVP content that I could possibly ever drop you into. Oh yeah. You're a hero in story mode, but in multiplayer, you are a loser that will die in two shots. It's like the, almost like counter-strike level of skill requirement. Yeah. We brought it up when we were saying you don't use the Lancer in multiplayer, but like this is a legitimate thing that the coalition has been trying to counteract the same way that the digger was replaced by the drop shot in order to kind of make things a little bit more skill-based so that uh, newer players can show up, or that, or the way that in Gears of War 3, the sawed-off shotgun was introduced, similar to the noob tube in Call of Duty 4, where you have something that is objectively probably the easiest way to kill someone, but 
it's a lot less reliable and consistent where you have these Nashers that are like the strongest fucking thing in the known universe. Like these things are might as well be intercontinental ballistic missiles. Like these fucking Nashers are insane. And you will see that the entire multiplayer is warped around that where people are fucking not wall bouncing and Nashering. Like I, like I remember as a kid learning how to shoot the Nasher without aiming down your sights is like the most important thing to do in gears of war and i got a piece of clear scotch tape put it on my tv and got a little sharpie on the scotch tape and marked the crosshairs of the fucking salt of the nasher so that i would always have crosshairs on my screen because whenever you're not aiming you don't have crosshairs but you're still shooting consistently in the middle so it's like that's how sweaty this game gets <laughs> it made me mark on my tv with scotch tape um the story mode's pretty good i feel like we've already we've we've i was gonna say crucified but we've definitely gone over this story with the magnifying glass like not like really the story itself but really what the story meant to us and i don't have anything really to say about that yeah right i think we actually well i mean you recommend people play it oh yeah of course play all of the gears games i do i even like judgment so maybe I have a bad like I'm starting to get the get the feeling that people are starting to take my recommendations less and less seriously as time goes on as I'm praising Resident Evil Six but shitting well, on Scott the Last of Us Two. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, people are. It's okay. Like I'm I'm being honest with everything I'm saying. Like I love Resident Evil Six. You know what I mean? And Gears of War for and Gears of War Judgment. So fucking sue me. But at the same time, it's like you can get a good idea of what you should be paying attention to whenever you are hearing a review from somebody and you know what they like. Like if you go to someone who reviews JRPGs and you give them Gears of War 4 and they say this game fucking sucks, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, that guy is the JRPG hardcore fanatic, right? Like, I guess that makes sense that he doesn't like it. It doesn't mean Gears of War 4 sucks. Like, I don't like Last of Us Part 2. I'll take this fucking moment to go like, this ga that game looks beautiful and it is a, it, it is a, uh, it is an achievement as far as technology is concerned. And I, I acknowledge that. I'm just very salty with the story and very mad at Naughty Dog about it. But if you like Gears of War, I mean, I'm not yucking your yum. I'm not mad at you. You know what I mean? And if you don't like Gears of War, same thing. But I love this fucking game personally. And I, I feel like no matter what really happens in Gears of War 5, I'm going to love that game as well. And I'm very excited to continue this series. I think that kind of goes back just to our um, our method of reviewing games because this really is a like a review of the our experience with the game. We generally don't do scores like out of ten, even though like I do like to reference Metacritic's just to see what yeah. other people say about these types of games. But the scores are always so subjective and abstract. Like you don't know the reviewer is the big problem. Hopefully, our listeners at home they know us at this point. They can understand where we're coming from when we recommend a game. Yeah, Nave is into really stupid shit, so <laughs> so know that. That's the most important thing. Just thinking about. So I was wondering why The Last of Us keeps popping up so much because that's why I keep bringing it up because I keep fucking seeing it on Twitter and all of the shit. And it's because of like the anniversary and the originals getting remade yeah, the and everything. But uh, there's this there's this goofy. It, one more and then I'm done with the last of us. But there's this goofy thing I saw tweeted where this guy is a joke tweet. I mean, it, I think it's real, but it is, it is a joke tweet. And uh, 
let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay, here it is. Uh, this guy said, it's really funny to me that Luigi's Mansion 3 outsold The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> and it's just a very... But the Luigi's Mansion 3 has been out for like a year longer. And also it's a Nintendo game. But it's like, it's still kind yep. of a, just a funny visual. <laughs> where like, this game is like, <laughs> so stupid. disgust. It's like, disgust to death. But then you got... <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3 with Gooigi. Well, it's not even. Oh my god, it sucks. God, yeah, this makes me mad. When anytime we compare any games, you know, talk about like, oh, you know, MMOs are huge, and there's all these people playing and stuff like that. You know, the MMO market is incredibly small when you compare it to the first-person shooter market, or even the first-person shooter market is incredibly small when you care compare it to the mobile game market of just any mobile game. Like, you can't really so hard to compare games as far as like units sold but it is funny that he just like references i enjoyed luigi's mansion 3 but it is definitely silly very silly game well see that makes me think about should we keep this going we're just gonna talk yeah keep going whatever okay so <laughs> i was like we're just this is what we do all the time everybody so that's why we made a podcast together um there the, uh i i was listening to the most recent episode of our show which is the last episode now i don't know why i said it like that but um to the to my co-host uh, no less but <laughs> anyways, oh yeah i i think i listened to that one too but uh you were you were you were talking about starfield and you're like what the hell's going on star wars battlefront had a different game and when i was listening to it i was like philip those are completely different games on completely different engines from completely different time <laughs> frames true. that were trying to accomplish completely different things like i didn't even catch that i was just too busy trying to entertain fucking everybody 2006 star wars to uh starfield yeah well it's like i don't it's like i was listening to a different podcast and they brought it up which made me remember all of that stuff but yeah it's um uh like comparisons with these games are so tricky because it's not like comparing movies right it's like you can compare it's like com you can compare movies but it's all the same medium it's like comparing a movie to a comic book almost when you compare like the last of us part 2 to plants versus zombies you know what i mean like it's there it, yeah. the genre shift is experience. so much more significant yeah and they're all trying to accomplish different things and so i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to get at it's an interesting thought thought experiment to go through your head and try and figure out like your biases like that because i definitely am a little biased towards a lot of different things oh yeah i'm very biased all right well what are we playing next week oh yeah i forgot we do that part oh wait yeah, what are we by playing? this time oh. uh this should have gone at the news by this time everything's fucked up because of phil's vacation and also i'm talking to like 18 people at once but i think i will have been on friday night gamers by now or maybe it's next week there's a f eventual episode coming out, and then there's another show. We still need to talk to Keith. <laughs> I I might have been on <laughs> Keith's show for a game I didn't even play that Philip played. I'm gonna if he wants to do it by myself, but I told him I want to do it with Philip because you're the one that played it. And also, I don't know what I I don't know what I I don't know if I have opinions on it. <laughs> but what you talking about Kirby? Yeah, Kirby. That game was great. Yeah, well, I, I you watched didn't you play any it. feelings from watching it? Yeah. I was I having fun time game, watching you opinions. play it. I remember you getting into this, the hard... There's a Dark Souls difficulty that you put in with code. Dude, this is such a spike. Yeah. And you're, you <laughs> died to the, the first part, and you're like, I can't do this. 
I can't play this game anymore. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next week we're playing Turtles, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. And we'll record. We're recording that like tomorrow or something. Maybe if time allows. So. All right. Thanks for joining us, co-op partners. Maybe next time we can go kill some horde together. Or what game were we talking about? Dom, Here's the Krill. <laughs> <laughs>